1: And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Ryder Cat, and you can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina
2: with Columbia down the way.
1: And those sound effects you've heard have come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Indeed, just like I said, just mountains of uh, shadows to the place where you dwell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the Comic Book Chronicles, and you can find this here Comic Book Chronicles on the CSP, the, the Coastal of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. Today, tomorrow, and every day, actually. Um, you can also find this podcast on your podcast, personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. <laughs> Um, why does this thing never come up when I ask it to? That's crazy. Anywho, um, you can also find this here podcast um Oops, excuse me. Recording live every Thursday night, 9 30-ish PM on either uh, the YouTube channel of the Click, the Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word, or twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. <laughs> So, and if you um, happen to be joining us live right now, hey, how you doing? Um, chat lines are open. You know, got questions? Put them in the chat. Or we or, might have answers. <laughs> we might have answers. Yeah, we might have answers. <laughs> exactly. That
0: is the caveat.
1: Exactly. You know, uh, you come here for for a good time, not a long time. You hopefully came for for a good time, and hopefully we will provide. And, uh, given that little ditty, we are going to start off with, so the season, season one of, uh, Invincible it had just ended last week. So we're going to do a little, um, not necessarily a recap of it, but just a little impressions of the season.
0: Right, because there's uh, there's a lot there, and believe it or not, there probably are still people catching up on it, so just, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell. We're not going to spoil too much, but just okay. in case you have not yet caught up on Invincible, be warned, and you probably need to fast forward maybe in like seven to eight minutes. Yeah. So in three, two, one. You're warned. Spoiler, ber- spoiler alert bell is in effect.
1: Yeah, so the first thing I'm going to go ahead and say, and this is not so much of a spoiler, well, it's probably not so much of a spoiler, is, yeah, this is not one for the kids. Yes. Um,
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, I cannot agree. This is definitely not something to allow little children to watch. We leave it to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, who are parents to deal with, I would say, like, young teens. Right. You know, tweens. Probably are old enough to deal with this because, uh, you know, the, the, it's it, it's definitely cartoonish gore, but
1: still gore involved. But it's also graphically cartoonish gore. <laughs> so right. Um. But and granted, this is from two people who grew up in an era where it's like it was a little more okay to for uh, for kids to watch. Well, not okay, but we we pretty much watched stuff like that.
0: Right. I mean, we we didn't have time to bleed. Right. So exactly. that's our reference point. Uh, but it's still, it's still at the end of the day, somewhat jarring, you know, some of the, some of the, I hate to say this kills that we see on screen. And especially in that first episode, Mm. which is my understanding in the first episode, because obviously this is a streaming show. You kind of have to, uh, pull people in, especially to an IP, uh, that isn't necessarily that well known it doesn't have the cachet like WandaVision did to maybe keep people coming back after two you know after two episodes that were really experimental in terms of what kind of story they were telling and how they were telling it whereas this is re- this this show just doesn't have that kind of cachet with people so it really needed to grab the attention of viewers and my understanding from various interviews with Robert Kirkman is that they accelerated some of the stories that took place over several issues in the comic book so that they could fit in that particular turn of events in the first episode. That being the reveal, not necessarily heel turn, but reveal of Omni-Man's actual uh, character and intent
1: in the show. Right. Right. Yeah, and a a couple of other things were kind of mixed around also because, actually, you know, I don't know if you did this or not because I'm going to ask. um, So this is an Amazon Prime show, which means, obviously it's on Amazon, but so they have that whole x-ray thing where, you know, um, if you uh, mouse over it, it'll show you like who's, you know, who's on the screen talking or, you know, yeah, who's on the screen talking and maybe some trivia and some other stuff on the sides.
0: I'm familiar with it. Sometimes I, uh, I, it's rare that I, I partake. Is uh, did they show anything cool? Uh,
1: I mean, I honestly, so I was watching it on my PlayStation for the most part. I think I watched the last episode today, um, uh, and I just so happened to on on the um on my PC, and I just so happened to notice it there, and and I, I don't know it's about cool, but there was a couple of little trivia bits that um that I didn't know about. And I mean, I'm not really all adverse with Invincible anyway. So any of that would have been something. So, cause that was like a tidbit about like, Oh yeah, the um, this scene, you know, happened in this comic book type stuff. Right. Or a version of this scene happened in this comic book, you know, uh, uh this issue basically. So apparently there was a scene that happened in, uh, the, in the last episode, which was episode eight that happened in issue 13 of Invincible. So, you know, stuff like that was, was kind of interesting to know, you know, in case you wanted to actually go back and read it.
0: Right. And it's interesting that um, I think uh, uh, Kirkman has, has has recommended folks. And obviously we're all for supporting our local comic shops and asking people to go to their local comic shops and maybe put in an order for trade paperbacks that are, are pretty sure are in print now because of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can go buy those, or you can hit up Comixology, which is also owned by Amazon.
1: Right. And uh, you can read them. Yeah, exactly. You can read Invincible for free with if you have uh, Comixology Unlimited.
0: Right, right. So that's an option, or you can purchase uh, copies of the trades on Comixology. So um, at the end of the day, they are available uh, to read. So it's, it's interesting that... Um, Ted is, you know, and I and I definitely agree. It's it's probably preferable to go to local comic shops because we need them. You know, we need to uh, give support, additional support to our local comic shops as we come out of the, you know, or at least as we continue our recovery from the pandemic's uh, effects.
1: Right um so yeah and there's and actually um like even with uh the breaks that invincible has taken over the years it, there's still a lot there comic book wise like i know th- it's kind of spans what isn't like a, a little over a hundred uh issues at this point I think.
0: I think it's more
1: yeah i
0: think it's more it's not 200 but it's definitely more than 100 i i hazard a guess and say that it's more than
1: 150 Right. That sounds about right.
0: So that's a decent amount, and obviously they can they, they're they're going to be rewriting stuff and extending story you know or adapting storylines and the simple adaptation of storylines sometimes uh, results in you know lots more new content that uh, you know that that can make uh, for new shows. So it's not, it's not a, a given that they'll just run through whatever they have in the comics and then run out of stories to tell. That's not the way this works. Right. I would say that um, one of the things that I've gotten uh, through anecdotal uh, evidence— as a result of conversations with folks that have, you know, contacted me about the show is that they're blown away by the voice cast and this is something that we had talked about in the lead up to the show and about some of the uh, actors that had been cast in these roles some of the name like honest to goodness name actors mm-hmm. that have been uh cast in several of these roles and I jokingly call it uh, Bezos uh you know it's the it's that Bezos money that's uh that that they're using to fund the voice cast in this show and i i can definitely tell you that uh the lead actors um you know steven yun uh sandra oh as debbie grayson and especially jk simmons as omni man those are essentially the characters that I have heard time and again from uh, friends of mine who've asked me if I've watched this, and I tell them yes. And I hate to disappoint them and tell them no, I haven't read the comics, so I'm kind of in your shoes. Right. I definitely don't have much to to add to the experience, other than, you know, uh, other than our experience of um, covering uh, comic book news and casting news as they as as it
1: as it, uh, as, as it comes uh, as it comes out for mm-hmm. these uh, comic book shows. Right, because you got folks like um, Harshal Ali doing a voice. Um, and... Yeah, like people... Sure. Just
0: kinda, and, uh, Walton, like
1: and Walton Goggins doing
0: uh, uh, Cecil. Right. And he
1: has a huge role in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Rogen, who also I believe uh, executive produces this show, had a voice in here. Right
0: right and thankfully Seth Rogen doesn't do too much of the Seth Rogen laugh or else I probably would have turned the stupid thing off or much Uh, else of uh, Seth Rogen listeners, yes (laughs) shots fired that's exactly right yeah So, anyway, yeah, shots fired right. on my behalf. I'm the one taking shots.
1: Oh no, but I'm like, hey, I'm with it. But um, oh, Clancy Brown, uh, Jillian Jacobs. Let's see, Walter Goggins, was there. Kevin Michael Richardson, Great Gray, Dele- Gray Griffin, or, aka Great Delise. Um, yeah,
0: Zazie Beats that plays Beetz. a big role as Amber mm-hmm. Bennett. Uh, uh, Mark Reeson's, uh mostly off again but on again girlfriend.
1: Yeah. Which I know that there was an article about uh about why they made that change from the uh from the from the comics.
0: Right, um, because the the book was written in the early 2000s. This is almost 20 years
1: old now. Right. Mark Hamill came in for a sp- for a spot. Um uh, John Ham, you know, ex- but you you get the point. You get the point. There was, yeah, there was exactly. We we all
0: listen to all the names that we're rattling off like uh, Roddy Cat missed Jason Manzoukas well, yeah, and but, Zachary yeah. Quinto and Ross Marquand,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: um,
1: uh, you know, and, and, and the list goes on, believe it or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and by the way, going back to the uh, thing, if you are on Comicsology Unlimited, uh, apparently, weirdly enough, it only goes up to 53 issues that, is, that you can borrow. Um, hmm. or it goes up to which is probably is, uh, around the same about uh, uh, ten volumes of the trade that you can uh, that you can peruse. So if you know, which like I said, Comixology Unlimited is a no no sponsor here or anything, but it's a it's a relatively decent deal if you just kind of want a smattering of each, uh, um, company. And maybe some right. more stuff that's in, you know, independent. But uh, regardless. It's,
0: I was just going to say, and to no surprise, there are Walking Dead alum who are on this show. As well as um, there is an appearance. Believe it or not, there is an appearance by uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Who you know, who is shouted out in the comics, so they actually bring him in to, to voice the principal, uh, Mark's uh, high school principal, which I thought was funny, because it took
1: me a while to to pick up his voice, and once I picked it up, I was like, oh my goodness! Right, I didn't even pick it up until I saw the credit, so I was like, oh, dang. Um, and on that, on that, actually, um... What was I going to say about that? I can't remember what I was going to say about that. Uh, But uh, yeah, so there was, oh, that's what it was. So speaking of The Walking Dead, uh, somebody had um, somebody on Twitter or some folks on Twitter was like, oh, yeah, this this whole thing has been, the synergy has been there the whole time because you see uh, images from The Walking Dead of them having uh, somebody in the show reading an Invincible book. So, assuming, uh, assuming that those are actual things that, that actually happened, like, yeah, this is, you know, the, the synergy was already, the, has been there for years. Oh, definitely. From the other way around. So, that's kind of cool. Uh, De- that, was that? No, no, I was just going to say, that's, I mean,
0: I don't remember. It's been a while since I last saw Walk, The Walking Dead TV show. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember seeing comics. So, I, 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 I didn't, I, I, I don't exactly
1: remember that happening, but I'm pretty sure it did. Right. Yeah. And looks like it was a couple of a couple of uh times that it might have happened if if those uh if those images were to be, you know, to be believed. So that's cool to see. Which would make because like I said, same company, so it was you know. Uh and same, same people. Right, exactly, yeah, same, same writer. Same behind <laughs> it. Exactly. Yeah. So um so that would make total sense. But that being said though, so though pretty much to end up my quick impressions of uh of the season. Like I enjoyed it for the most part. Like it was like, despite the fact that they were lengthy shows, like they were like forty-five minutes each, but they go at a pace to where you don't really notice it that much. You know, I, mean, I they put out three like early, so and, and you could easily blow through those. Even if you're not a binge watcher, you know, if you're like me, then you're not a binge watcher. You could still kind of just blow through those, and even as long as those were, and just like, yeah, that was didn't seem like it was as long as it was.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely thought that some of the scenes that they pulled off in the animation were uh, novel mm-hmm. and in, and imaginative. And one of the scenes that I know I, uh, you know, uh, everyone knows that I'm a fan of Fat Man Beyond. And uh, over the last, I think, couple of episodes or maybe even the most recent episode, Robert Kirkman was on talking about the show and and they mentioned something that I wanted to remind myself to talk about, which is the scene from the a battle between Invincible and Omni Man, where Omni Man basically thrusts Invincible into that subway car yes. and has Invincible's body, not Invincible himself obviously, but has Invincible's body be the main cause of the destruction and the death of the. Train, the destruction of the train and the death of the passengers. Right, or using him as a that, battering ram, basically, or as right. a as a wedge to basically cleave the subway, the oncoming subway car into two, into halves. And I thought that was just a,
1: an amazing shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it it was kind of crazy. Like even before that, when you just knocked them, you know, when they were in the sky and knocked them into Chicago, and 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 that whole thing just caused a whole path of destruction. Before that scene happened. Like it was like you know, it was um some, some really good stuff going on up. but also, again, quite graphic. So <laughs> right. you gonna you're I gonna mean it definitely reminds
0: you of Zod versus Superman in in um Man of, Man Steel. of Steel. Mm-hmm that's definitely what it's reminiscent of but it also reminds you that at certain points in this show they actually do the heroes make a make a point of trying to get away from populated areas which is something we did not see in man of Steel and, and to... we we've jokingly we've jokingly said that in the Marvel movies they make an explicit point of of trying to evacuate people from uh, the, the scenes of battle right. but um, the, uh, the 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 uh, The reveal of uh, uh, Omni-Man's, I guess, evil nature Mm -hmm. really, you know, doesn't give Mark or any of the other heroes a chance to get the action away from... Uh, it's supposed to be Chicago. It is Chicago, mm-hmm. so right. away from Chicago. It's because they're supposed to be in the Midwest. So uh, it is Chicago, and they just they, they aren't able to get the action away from Chicago before many many casualties
1: are incurred because of the battle. Right. So and on that note, so that that um, also, and I know people are going to groan at this reference, but uh, I feel like, especially if you go into the fight scenes, uh, but if if it feels like Invincible was pretty much Dragon Ball Z, if Goku came to Earth as an adult, and not hit his head, and pretty much played the long con, because I feel like you know, because his original, if anybody knows about his original mission on, on in Dragon Ball Z, he was supposed this to This is to not
0: Earth. spoilers to, to me anymore, folks. Right.
1: So which <laughs> yeah exactly which is why I'm glad uh, uh, Agent 70 has now been partaking of some Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z um because this will definitely become apparent to him like um uh just like in dragon ball z they, they definitely try to um get the action o- away from the cities but uh, sometimes the cities are in the crossfire and a lot of people die but we don't necessarily see that like we see right. well we see some deaths but we don't see as many deaths as there were in invincible but if graph- if dragon ball was a little more graphic and and, and um and Goku was the actual, <laughs> ended up being the actual bad guy, and he was teaching Gohan, you know, trying to get uh, Gohan in the ranks, and they end up having a fight, and that's pretty much how Invincible kind of plays itself out to be.
0: Exactly. Or if Vegeta was really allowed to go super bad. Right. And This is supposed to be Trunks, you know, trying to take him on. Right. So... So, you know so. that's that's a that's a that's another way of looking at it, but I definitely agree with you, Roddy Cat. That that's something that you can think of in 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 uh, comparison to and 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 to refer to this type of situation in Invincible. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's funny. I guess in the long run, we've all come to see these. Man of Steel type characters, the Superman type analogs with a more... I don't want to say jaundiced eye, but maybe a a questioning eye because that seems to be the uh, archetype now. There's an archetype now, believe it or not. It's not the Superman, but the archetype is now the Superman analog who has not necessarily gone completely bad, but is definitely not as Boy Scout pure as Superman. And I think that has become... Uh, 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 an archetype of it in and of itself. And that's one here, you know, and and we have one here in Omni-Man.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Definitely agree with that.
0: You know, everyone has to, you know, there's just a lot of them out there now. You know, we have Homelander. Now we have Omni-Man. Uh, which you know, Homelanders on the boys, which happens to also be on uh, Amazon, and I think Roddy Cat made made mention of the fact that oh, this this seems to be Amazon's cup of tea,
1: right? Um, kind of supposedly kind of sort of subverting, you know, um, subverting the expectations of the genre, but also being just as corporate,
0: <laughs> right? Right. Exactly, because as I said, it's gone beyond subversion into the actual archetype, which is the Superman gone bad.
1: Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's uh, an interesting choice, to say the least. Right. For is as... there
0: any right? Is there any particular uh, scene that you really liked, other than you know what what i I maybe just mentioned over the whole show?
1: Um. Hmm uh there was i mean the most of the, the majority of the fight scenes were, were were great um there's i guess or performances
0: i'll I'll open it to that too
1: scenes or performances mm, well i think sandra o's performance probably needs to be because i don't i think that can easily be overlooked um but her performance uh, was kind of a standout. J.K. Simmons is definitely, especially getting towards the end, you Right. Know, uh, when, you know, when I agree with you on bookouts. Yeah, when when you start when when stuff starts really coming to, coming to happen, like and then he just kind of was like, look, this is what's going on, and now I can just stop pre- talking about this pretense and just and the whole fight between uh, him and Invincible. Uh, so yeah, outside of that, um. I kind of, I want to say Mahershala Ali's also performance in that character and what ends up happening in that, but that one kind of feel like that was, that was kind of, uh, foretold like that one kind of was like, yeah, you see that one coming, mm-hmm. you know, so I was hoping there was going to be something different on that part. And I don't know if that was actually a, a comic book, um, uh, you know, a, a comic book thing that actually happened. In in a in a way, but that's all. But yeah, like there's a many, there's a few different points you could probably point to in here. It was like, yeah, no, that's this is some good stuff, you know, right? It's, it, it was actually well done, right? I actually like, believe it or not, I like the um, the part with, with with the robot
0: where <laughs> yes. he was, uh, you know, I thought that entire little arc for the new uh, Guardians of the Globe and and Robot I thought was pretty well done because it's obviously the B story plot storyline but I thought they really did a good job of taking care of that story uh, the
1: B storyline. Right. Well see and that's actually speaking of storylines so I think there was like a B C D or at least there's stuff that they they were like constantly setting up because like um, the, the Clone Brothers and that ended up coming back into a thing but um, like, yeah, the Guardians of the Globe, um, that whole thing on Mars, that's probably going to come back. And e- even like at the end of the um, near the end of episode eight, when it was like, hey, all of this stuff that they kind of flashed to that's still kind of in play. Right. All know.
0: the dangling
1: plot threads that mm. that
0: uh, now that they've been approved for seasons two and three, mm. um, we're uh, we're going to probably see very soon.
1: Right. And apparently, according to another article that we have in the news, uh, Kirkman's written up to, at the very least, what, I think he said five seasons or something like that? Or probably five, five, five or ten seasons? Wow. Something like that. Or worth of material. I mean, obviously, he's been writing, you know, he, you know the book's been around for a minute, so yeah, he's already got stuff to uh, yeah to fill up those seasons, yeah. Right. So, let's see. Uh, yeah, Invisible Creator has a rough story planned for five, for five to seven seasons. So, you know, that's not bad. But unless if we get to that, we can probably get to that. Actually, you know what? No, no. Let's okay. Uh, go ahead and get to that. Unless we got something else you want to say about... Uh... No.
0: no, I just wanted to say that um, I didn't realize that Kirkman had done a lot of analogs of certain characters mm. in, in Invincible because I wasn't that familiar with the book. So I was kind of tickled to see a Hellboy analog... In Damien Darkblood, I was mm-hmm. tickled to see, that's you know, analogs same. for several characters, both in uh, the Teen Titans and um, the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty and and obviously the Marvel characters as well. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- I just didn't realize the extent that he uh, had played with some of those uh,
1: character types. Right. you. That's true. Yeah, because some of them are, are pretty much are more blatant than the others. So, right. And unless you've been around comics for a little bit, like some of them are like, yeah, you might have seen them from this and that and other, but then a couple of them are like, oh, right, there is this and that character. Um, so, yeah, so, so here's a couple of... Actually, going to some, some real quick news on, on the Invincible Front, so that way we don't have to do this later. So... As uh, Agent Seventy said, Robert Kirkman confirms two more seasons of uh, Invincible at Amazon. So I guess that goes up to season three. Um, and it says here that um, oh yeah, so there's a Twitter post that Kirkman did with uh, uh, Stephen Ewan, which shows a video talking about season two. Um, on that. And apparently, yeah, Invincible ran 144 issues, so you know, uh, there's that. And the other bit of news coming from this is saying that uh, in an interview with uh, Screen Rant Invincible creator uh, Robert Kirkman admits to having plans for five to seven more seasons of the show. So if it continues to keep going, we you know, there's more to go on, that being the case. If it continues on the quality that uh, that it uh, that has shown itself, then that'll be great, you know. That it'll, it'll be good stuff. So that being said, though, you got anything? Uh, you know, you yeah, can move on. Yeah, not to any any last uh, last words on that, but cool. I'm
0: definitely looking forward to the next season.
1: Yeah, like I'm curious as to, um, like how. I guess how close they're going to, obviously, not knowing where the comic book, how parts of it, because like I said, I've read a couple of issues of the comic book, but I haven't read a whole, like, whole arc or whatever, like, just one, two issues out of curiosity here and there. So, you know, neither one of us are all that um, familiar with the source material. Right.
0: I was about to say, so before we go, would this now cause you to go back and read it?
1: It definitely has, yeah. It, okay. It definitely, has. and since it's out there, you know, in a you know uh, available right. in enough uh, in, in enough ways to to do so.
0: Right. I know the. I know Roddy Cat is a comicsology person. I'm not um, uh, a monthly subscriber,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but um, I may look into maybe borrowing a couple of the trades. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, however I can, and just to see if it's worth
1: investing any more into. So right. we'll see. Because I'm pretty sure you can, if you got a library card, you can use like Hoopla or one of those services and, and exactly. borrow. Exactly. You
0: read my mind because mm-hmm. this, this series has been out long enough in trade paperback form that uh, there are, it's likely that you can borrow um, copies uh, through, e, you know, whichever uh, ebook um, or library program that you had and you, you have and you could just put it right on your tablet and just uh, read it from there.
1: And honestly, I would encourage that because, like, yeah, if you if uh, like if you don't want to shell out for you know uh, Marvel Unlimited comics, I'll do uh, DC's whatever thing thing or whatnot. Yeah, the library's got you covered on a good smattering of stuff. And like I said, you know, you got Hoopla and whatnot. So all you just need is a library card at your library. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to move on. Um and talk about the comic books of the week and I believe we did say we were... oh I just wanted to say we um,
0: uh, Roddy Cat hasn't watched this yet but I wanted to recommend to anyone who was oh. a fan of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I you definitely need to go watch the assembled documentary that's on Disney Plus that was uh, that came out last Friday in basically in Falcon and the Winter Soldier's Friday slot right so it's an hour-long documentary it is very very good talk it talks uh, they talk to every major actor and every major player in the writer's room and the director as well Karis it is very well done and very uh informative mm-hmm. so if you're interested in some of the behind the scenes stuff and the inner workings of the show i highly
1: recommend that you watch that And this is where the point where I will say that there is also an interview. Probably there's a couple of interviews at this point, but I think there's only one that I have in the the show notes. If you go to our show notes, which should be attached to the show. Once you, uh, when you check this out, or if you're watching this live, it should be on Twitter. Um, there is, uh, there's a link to a comicbook.com interview with, uh, the director about, um, about uh the show that you you may or may not want to check i believe it's the link to a podcast or something uh, if i'm not mistaken but there's that also um also and uh there is some news about this real quick but um but we'll, and we'll probably talk about it in a second but we don't necessarily have to get into it uh bad batch batch uh also happened this past week and and it was awesome I didn't get to watch... I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched, like, a few minutes of it. But it definitely starts... If you're a fan of of Clone Wars, it definitely starts off in a similar manner. <laughs> right. And, spoiler alert, it
0: ties into more of the animated shows. I won't say what, but it
1: does. Which makes sense, I guess, given the supposed time frame of it. So... Um. But, yeah. Just definitely, that seems like it's worth checking out. I am still doing my rewatch, and I'm still... I, I'm. Still I think I'm still somewhere in season six. I don't know. Like I was doing other things, but, and, uh, oh, and by the way, happy belated star Wars day, because that's when it came out.
0: <laughs> exactly. 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 I like poking fun at Roddy cat for not me, uh, uh, hurrying up and getting caught up on clone wars because he's doing a rewatch so that he can watch season eight. The, uh, the seven. most recently, uh, released season. I believe it's seven. eight, right? Or is it nine? Seven. Oh, is it seven? Yeah.
1: Wasn't the new one? Eight new one
0: with seven seven okay mm-hmm. well w- w- so the point is the newest one yeah
1: and
2: um,
0: and, and, and 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 i love uh, uh poking fun at the fact that he's taking his sweet time but it's definitely mm. worth it folks it's worth it to watch the the shows um i did i did my uh i burned through several seasons of uh clone wars and rebels to get caught up uh this is pre-pandemic actually Right. But uh, I definitely got caught up. So, if you are still fortunate enough to have some uh, time on your hands being at home, obviously the weather is getting warmer. But um, if you uh, still find yourself, like myself, a Met fan who had a couple of rainouts over the last week or two, um, I was like, well, I'm not watching this on TV. So, let me pull
1: up Dragon Ball Z. And in your case, it'll be Clone Wars or Rebels. Yeah. Well, I've, no, I've already done my Rebels watch. So, this, I've already done that one. Um. Oh yeah. I also know somebody who watched Bad Batch who uh has never seen Clone Wars, which is weird because I know they said they were Star Wars fans. Um, and I was like, you know what? You you owe it to yourself. You know, watch Clone Wars. If 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 if, if you like Bad Batch, you will more than likely watch, like uh, Clone Wars, the TV show.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's a it's a shame that they're. You know, there's always going to be folks out there who don't necessarily see the animated
1: stuff as being worth their time. But that's a that I believe that is a mistake. Or they didn't get around. And I'm not sure why they never got around to it. I think there was there might have been a reason for it. Um, It might not have been available as easily available as it is now. As it is now. Exactly. Yeah. So but I'm like, that was kind of strange. Normally, because pretty much anybody's going into that will have had some of that knowledge at the very least, even though it's like, well, it's obviously tied but um i think you uh, i think you even told me like you could probably watch it without you know having finished it having oh, finished absolutely you could
0: definitely you could definitely watch bad batch without too much
1: uh other knowledge but it helps yeah it
0: obviously helps to have watched the other stuff
1: which i will still maintain we already had a bad batch and that was like the the, the original uh uh Group of clones that are no, mostly no longer wrong, think, with the exception of one of them that's in the Bad Batch. I think, right, right. Yeah.
0: Well, I think they just needed to not call it Clone Force ninety nine.
1: <laughs> but so, that's, so yeah, so that was kind of sucky uh, because I was like, wait, we already had a Bad Batch and they were great already, you know. So but now we got these other other screw ups.
0: Yeah, they just didn't want to call them Clone Force ninety nine because that sounds a little too aggressive. Maybe, sure. I guess, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, I, it's cool. I honestly think it's cool. It's like, oh, that's Clone Forest 99. All right, cool. Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah but then again, like, I come from the uh, generation of, uh, you know, ain't got time to bleed. So <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Maybe they were looking for something a little less uh, aggressive sounding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. But that being said, that's out there. Um So yeah, now we're going to go into the comic books of the week, starting off with Heroes Reborn number one. All
0: righty. Heroes Reborn number one, as I scroll back up to the credits, it's written by Jason Aaron with art by Ed McGuinness, inks by Mark Morales, colors by Matthew Wilson and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. So To answer both PCN underscore Dirt's question and probably a question that is sitting uh, on the tips of the listeners' and viewers' tongues, there has been no setup, virtually no setup, let me say virtually no setup, to this Heroes Reborn event uh, and this miniseries in the Marvel uh, publishing universe proper. Because up until now there has been uh setup of some form of storyline involving and this is a minor spoiler uh spoiler alert for anyone who's not familiar with where this hero's reborn is going. I guess I'll ring the bell just to help you out. But um at the end of the day it's you know, it's kind of part of the premise. So there has been some setup in in the sense that the Avengers book written by Jason Aaron has been establishing that a storyline involving the Squadron Supreme of America now uh, is going was going to come about at some point. They had been established in the book and at some point they were going to come to the forefront. It just wasn't clear how. And now we have them here in this uh, mini event limited series there's a couple of ways it's not a line-wide event that's really what we can say we're not sure what it is but it's definitely not a line-wide event so the premise of the story and it's very clear is that there are no avengers we don't know why and that's part of the mystery of the story and in the avengers place is uh essentially a structure that is somewhat similar to a DC Comics type of structure where the Justice League of America is in place, but a certain iteration of the Justice League that probably um, has more connection to the United States government as opposed to being uh, either... Uh, standalone or maybe connected to the United Nations or something of the sort. Mm-hmm.
1: So I will go back and say that we kind of do know, but I know what you're saying about that. We we kind of do know within the frame of uh, the history of it. We don't know the catalyst of how we get from uh, 616 to this. Right. In, in that respect. But in in relation to uh, what the story is is setting up, or what this what this story is uh, already in- into basically like yeah so this is a world without the avengers no none of the avengers pretty much went down the path that led them to being superheroes uh specifically the the current team um so like captain america still didn't, you know wasn't wasn't unfrozen um, you know um tony stark didn't get uh shrapneled. um you know uh, what uh, I guess Carol didn't meet Marvel. I think it was X Y Z. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, so, so, yeah, go down the line. Right. You know, whatever the
0: whatever the um, impetus or the the uh, the 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 causation of uh, a particular hero becoming the hero that they
1: are doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So what we don't get is w- you know what caused. This the difference. version of the world, yeah, what causes this version of the world to get to that point or to 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 to, to go down that road uh, exactly so yeah and we don't
0: i honestly don't think we have a clue from the previous books, although they'll probably
1: uh incorporate something that we both suspect, mm-hmm. but we're not sure yet right, so i think uh, we we have uh, I have to go ahead and say it right now, so we have, and we've probably said it in the show before it's like we had. Have expected because of the the recently finished uh, Phoenix storyline and co- that's going on in Adventures. There's probably going to be a Dark Phoenix type situation, and then there's going to be a in a House of M's type fashion. Uh, I know more Adventures type snapping, which is going to lead up to this. Right, that's at least one theory. Right, we don't know if that's going to hold through or not because, weirdly enough, you would think. The, the events of Avengers would have caught up to that point to, or they would have held this off to kind of land it up if that was going to be the case. Right. The, and we uh, also
0: don't necessarily see the Phoenix forces being reality changing, but that may not be how they play out right. this particular tie-in with the Phoenix. So we'll have to wait and see. Right. It could be all a dream. They used to read right. it could be a time. Right. Exactly. It could be a time travel thing. Yeah. Where, you know, someone finally did what Rhodey wanted to do about baby Hitler and go, <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. We'll see. It could be a Kang story
1: for all we know. I would hate that to be the case because I know we've just recently had Kang story, but, um, and something. Right. But well, we'll see. But yeah, it, it is definitely the possibility is, is there, um, but yeah that being said like i said we're we're pretty much seeing we're seeing how the world is is going around so and the only person who uh knows the world was different than the one the the way it's playing out is blade, so he's going around trying to find uh the people that he know were adventurers you know and trying to see if they if, if he if they know them you know and uh, what not. Apparently, one of the squadron knows them. But again, this, this version on the Nighthawk knows everybody, uh, apparently, because he's Batman. Right. So it's inter- <laughs> what I was going to say is it's interesting that they would pick the Avenger with the
0: least of Avenger with, with the least identity as an Avenger, because even
1: during his run, he he obviously wonders why he's even invited along. Or even run... Together. Yeah, because this is not... Granted, this is the first Avengers team he's on, but he's actually been on a offshoot of an Avengers team before. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I guess it, it kind of works that way, because if it was, like, say, if it was Tony, or, you know, Thor, or, or you know, Carol, or somebody else, or even, probably even Robbie at this point, now that I think about it, Robbie probably would have been the one... He would have been the next up. That. Yeah, right. that they would probably would have done this to. Um... So either he, or it, I guess if if they officially, um, well, I guess if, if Maya um, Echo is, well, it's not that she's the, the Phoenix, they probably wouldn't have done that because she would have been the, the the one to to do this whole situation. If they go down that line, we still don't know. So, but that being said, yeah, yeah. The two people that's probably more likely to be the ones that, uh to, uh, to be the right ones for this job would be Blade and or uh, Robbie Reyes. As, like, the newest recruits. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, they could have done Jennifer, but I don't know how that would have... Yeah, it's not her first
0: rodeo as an Avenger, so... exactly. So...
1: But regardless, like, we're pretty much seeing how this plays off, and we see, you know, Blade interacting with uh, other... Well, a a couple of other folks as he's going to find out what's going on, how this world came to be, and, you know, what's going on in it. So, if you're talking House of M status... I actually, I probably shouldn't, because I vaguely remember reading House of Vim. Like I know at some point somebody did kind of wake up and then, or something along the lines, and the world started to unravel. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's been a while. Then. I don't remember it that well. Right, so I can't really equate the two. And here are the original heroes reborn.
0: Yeah, this is not the this is not the original Heroes Reborn. What Roddy Cat uh, was talking to me about just before we uh, came online uh, and and started broadcasting was that this is an anniversary for the originals Heroes Re- the original Heroes Reborn and event. a lot of stuff for Marvel in general. But yes, uh, right. But this part- you know th- this is one of the celebrations of that uh, of some of Marvel's history and. Um, you know that's that's definitely part of why this title, this uh, this name of an event was reused, mm-hmm. and uh, that's you know that that probably caused some trepidation in some readership, myself included, Me too. as to what this right as to what this uh, as to what the content of the story would be. But thankfully, it's not what it was back then that we and know of just, so far. Right, knock on wood, knock on wood. <laughs> because the
1: original Heroes' Run was a line-wide joint, and all of the teams, all of the uh, the, the the teams that you knew and loved, and like, everything got rebooted. Everything uh, except the X
0: Men, right? All yeah. the yeah, Avengers, yeah, exactly. Only Avenge, uh X Men, and Spidey stayed home.
1: So right, because um, yeah, it was like Avengers, but, uh, Fantastic Four, uh, you know, pretty much everybody else, with the exception of those groups, and because they had House of M at some point. By themselves. Or was it before that or after that? No, it no, was
0: well after that. Yeah. Well after that. Because what well,
1: happened, you know, and then right. because
0: uh, Because Spidey was still going through the Clone Saga, and um, X-Men was X-Men. So, and that's uh, back.
1: Guess what? The Clone Saga is back in Miles' book. So Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. I just wanted to note before we wrap the conversation on Heroes Reborn that the book includes a checklist, and it notes that... This event will be going on essentially weekly mm-hmm. through Heroes Reborn number seven, which is uh scheduled to be published June 16th. And June 23rd, we'll have a Heroes Return number one. So we'll see what uh transpires
1: over the next month and a half. Right. So and hopefully we will find out what was the, the initial catalyst for this thing going on that we had not seen yet. Right. You know,
0: I, I, I happen to think that this is just uh, a Jason Aaron story that he wanted to expand a little bit and uh, not just take up. I I feel like I, we were just t- t- talking about this before coming on. This could have been like a 10 or 12 issue Avenger story, but they just decided to do a mini series so that they could let some other people play in the sandbox with these one shots.
1: Right. But also, so. we saw it was coming because this is one of the many things that that has been uh, teased in Adventures of uh, of of happening since Aaron started this started started his run on, or I guess restarted his run on the Adventures uh, this time because, they, like I said, we kind of saw a lot of this being teased out. But now we're starting to see the fruits of uh, uh, at least this part. You know, it, so he's pretty much slowly and surely chopping through all the stuff that he's teased early on. So, yeah, we'll definitely see um, how that's going to play out. Uh, That being said, I think we've run that one dry. We can go to the next book. Do you have one pressing or do we want to go to the wheel? Oh, wheel comic reviews. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the book that we should review. (laughs) All right. Uh oh. Oops. Do this and do that. Alright folks, it's the Wheel of Common books. I don't have a, a pithy name over it, so here we go. We're spinning actually wait, I need to take care of born off of there. And spin
2: <laughs>
1: Good Asian number one, which was uh Agent Seventies book. Sure, I will talk about that now as I send out a tweet with a link to
0: our YouTube live stream. All righty, so The Good Asian is... Um, this uh, This week has the first issue of this uh, miniseries from Image. It's written by Pornsak Pichetshot, with art by Alexandra Tefenki, colors by Lee Luffridge, letters by Jeff Powell. So this is not a superhero story. This is a crime noir story. It's a Chinatown crime noir story and um that's not something that um you see too much of in comics nowadays but they uh uh, you know, or at least storytelling in general. But there was a time when uh, this particular area of storytelling was prevalent. You know, this the the crime noir stuff, and especially with um, uh, a Chinese or an Asian um, uh, protagonist, which is ironic because the some of the back matter in this uh, book uh, po- uh, uh, provides some of the um, history that this book touches upon, which is uh, the fact that uh, there was no Asian American police officer with a badge uh, in the continental 48 states until 1950 something, you know, this, this particular story revolves around an officer. um, uh, The story is the story of Edison Hark. And he is actually uh, originally from Hawaii, and that is the only state in the Union that allowed uh, Asian people to be police officers um, prior to uh, the 1950s. So that's where um, the original stories of Charlie Chan uh, were created from, the detective, because they were based off of a real-life detective in uh, Honolulu. And uh, this particular story is, um, as I said, a Chinatown uh, crime noir story that uh, follows this character, the protagonist, who is a detective from uh, Honolulu being brought onto the mainland to uh, do some private detective work in San Francisco. And it takes him into the crime underbelly. That is right underneath the surface of uh, Chinatown in the 1930s. This is set in 1936. And it's uh, it's definitely a well-told story. You can figure out what everyone... You don't necessarily have to know too much about history to figure out some of the things that are happening here that are probably still happening today in terms of um, attitudes and... Um, social commentary. So it is, it's definitely well worth, I think everyone's time to read through this because it is a well told story. It's well constructed. The art is very easy to follow. It's not superhero uh, detailed, but it is detailed enough so that you can follow along. And the back matter is also something I would recommend that you read because the author provides the, back matter for this issue but teases that in following issues they're going to have more history as well as more uh contributions of uh, with regards to what they're going to include in the back matter uh the back matter being the stuff at the end of the book if you're not familiar with the term that uh stuff at the end of the book that they provide as basically appendices foot you know extended footnotes even so not something that you see in in most uh Superhero books, but you'll see more often in the creator-owned ter- uh, creator-owned uh, universe. So uh, you know, without spoiling too much, that's essentially the gist of it. We have a Honolulu detective in San Francisco investigating something he doesn't necessarily have jurisdiction for, but it's uh, you know he's on the he's on the trail of something, and uh, we just have to wait and see. But it's a good setup. It's a good first issue.
1: Okay, that sounds cool. Because I think, I don't know. Did we know about this before, like last week? Because I know after the show we talked about you know, just upcoming stuff. I don't know. I don't remember. We um, know anything about this book before before then.
0: I had seen. I had seen some previews. Okay, and I would seen it in upcoming Diamond stuff, but that only goes back you know a couple of weeks at most. So I knew it was coming out. Oh, and uh, the author. The author was on, um, and shout out to John Suntress who I know um, uh, checks up on us from time to time, who does the Word Balloon podcast. I know that the author was on John
1: Centris's, uh Word Balloon last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, so. John, Centris, John, John Centris, uh watches us? He keeps track of us.
0: I know, I've, I've, I've spoken to him before. Hmm, huh. interesting. Because he, I think he follows, uh, I think he's seen us on Twitter. Weird. Cool. Shout out to him. Cool. the comic book, uh, the comic book podcast realm isn't all that big.
1: I mean, you're right. True, but I don't you know, word balloon. Uh, anyway, uh, which is a good, great podcast. I would say that even if that that little bit of info, you know, wasn't just known, because <laughs> it actually is. Um, so that being said, uh, we go to another book. Uh, I guess we'll spend. We more- love comic books. Turn, turn, turn. I love it. Let me see. I gotta do better with these transitions.
0: Listen, we've been doing this for a long
1: time now. Anything that makes it fun, I'm all for. You know. Yeah, what's a little 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 fun between things. X Men, Curse of the Man thing, number one. And so this is my book. Um, uh, Uh, yep, 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 yep. All right, what is going on here? Hmm? Uh, Hey, shot? Shot? (laughs) What happened to the shot? (laughs) Oh, there we go. I'm like, what happened to the shot? The shot is going crazy, folks. Um and right now you're seeing something. Yeah, there we go. Folks got to see a little bit of behind the scenes. <laughs> well not behind the scenes? But it's good the um the uh, the what's going to come up in the news section. There we go. All right, X-Men, curse of the the uh, Man-Thing number 1. So this is was written by Steve Orlando. Uh, art by Andrea Boccardo, excuse me. Uh, color artist Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Clayton Powell. So this is the last part of the Curse of the Man Thing. Let's say mini series event, I guess. So there was um, there was Avengers Curse of the Man Thing, Spidey, and then the X Men, which again I think as, as I said last week was. I think that has happened before, which is, like, pretty much pre- three connected one-shots uh, based, off, based around the thing. Like, they've done these before. So this kind of brings that on home and involves, starts, uh, the, involves the X-Men. So we come to find out that, um, well, I guess a couple of key things here is that we found out, I think, in the last issue that we talked about last week, which was the Spider-Man one. Uh, that uh, Dr. Ted Salas, uh, a.k.a. Man Thing, made a deal with the devil. Not Mister. Fisto in this case, Belasco. So, um... And apparently, being uh, that magic of the New Mutants, a.k.a. and the X-Men frame, uh, has pretty much taken over Belasco's spot. She was aware of this. Um, but you know, we, um... And, the, and and part of the villain, well, I guess the the villain uh, from the main story, Harrow, is related to horticulture, which we can say, safely say at this point is an X-Men villain. So it was kind of high time that the, some part of the X-Men should have uh, rolled up in here. So, um, but we start off with um, Ted and uh, Magic talking about the deal and, and talking about, I think pretty, pretty much Magic is the one that finally gets through to uh, Ted Talos. About you know him being responsible for what he does, uh, and there's talk about being uh, having to you know uh, having a deal with the devil, which that comes up later in the thing, uh, later in the issue, which may or may not be going to be continued somewhere else. We're not sure, but like I said, I know they do these things for some reason that may or may not come up somewhere else. But we also get introduced to um, Magic's Dark Riders team. Which, if you're watching the video, you can see the cover of the the thing, and I believe this has been this team has been teased. We we have definitely talked about this team um, in the news before. So it's Swamp Thing and, and some other monster-looking mutants, led by um, Magic, uh, A.K.A. Eliana Resputin. Uh, but basically, long story short uh the only other thing that this issue kind of really sets up is the fact that hey magic's got this other team um that i assume is going to come up somewhere uh storm comes into play because they the the whole world got infected by uh man things fear spores or whatever the case may be and uh storm kind of comes in and helps uh pretty much clean up even though they have a thunder god on the avengers team that could have probably done the same thing but they pretty much say it's like no i can't i can't really do the the, the, the whole spectrum of this by myself so because think it's the kind of comes in brings everybody together and they get rid of the the um they get rid of that part um while harrow which is the main villain of this um uh Uh, goes into a confrontation with uh, Magic's team and Man-Thing, and she gets dealt with uh, right before Ted Salas and Belasco have a little chat. So basically you could say Ted Salas has come to bargain with uh, Belasco at the end of this. And it it does a to-be-continued question mark, which kind of denotes that uh, this is going to come up somewhere else. Was this a good read? also Jennifer Hale shows up, not the voice actress, but the uh the I guess she's a mutant. I'm not sure i, I I've heard that name, but I don't know uh, I don't know too much about her. When we also oh yeah, I guess we also find out that apparently when Ted Silas became Man Thing, he also re, he also created the Nexus of all realities, which Man Thing is a um is the guardian of I don't know if that's a retcon. Or if that's something that was already, already in the canon that we should, should already and It's just, they just pretty much spoke about it here. Uh, but yeah, it's whether you, you have to pick this up. You don't necessarily have to, if you like man thing, if you want a a man thing story that kind of crosses over into the, the quote unquote, the main, um, you know, crosses over with some main groups, a couple of main groups of the, uh, of the 616 and Spider-Man then yeah that's a it's a little bit of a thing he makes your heart sing
0: indeed <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean I haven't read this I I read a few uh, a few issues of this mm-hmm. but I guess it's supposed to start manting on a road to like having like a, a a decent foothold in the Marvel universe right and it's supposed to Follow-up in Curse of the Man-Thing on sale in July, end of July.
1: I think, I thought that was the, um, I thought that was... Is that the new series? No, uh, I thought that was like a, um, put all three of these together. Like, it was a, a, a trade of all three. But I don't know. I did see that, though. Oh, no, you're right. It says,
0: it says, yeah, it says, it collects all three of the Steve Orlando Swamp God stories. hmm Okay. My apologies. I thought no, no. it was, um, I thought it was like the next step.
1: Right. I was thinking that too. And then I read it. I was like, I kind of read into it. I was like, Oh wait, no, that was, the, the, you know, it, it was what it was. So, but they yeah, say at some point, maybe they're going to bring like, maybe they are setting up man things. We don't know of any like MCU shows showing or anything of the like. So we can't say we can attach it to that at this point. Um, so but maybe they are setting a man thing up for something else like there's there's been a couple of things that's come up in the last year or so that doesn't seem to have um come back up like again like, Ian, like we, said, we we constantly talk about mefisto being kind of out there doing things we know that's probably going to come up into summer at some point it has to um otherwise that'll be very disappointing just to kind of just have him out there for some other reason <laughs> for no you know for for no real payoff or, or, uh, starting off as any events or anything of the like, but this has just kind of been some things they've been doing, uh, in the last couple of years. So we'll see if it, if anything comes up on it, uh, at some point. That being the case, we can move on to We love comic books. Turn, turn, turn. <laughs> Tell us the comic book that
0: we should review.
1: Uh, he's having too much fun with this <laughs>
0: of course and I'm glad that it comes with a sound effect too
1: it definitely does yeah I, I'm, I'm actually enjoying that sound effect oh okay hey, something we've, we've, we've both read uh, America Chavez made in the USA number three all right. Uh, America Chavez, made in the USA. Number three
0: is written by Kalinda Vasquez with art by Carlos Gomez, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So if you are not familiar with what has been happening in this mini series, let me make this abundantly clear. They are retconning, or at least looking to retcon, America Chavez's origin, in my opinion, ahead of her appearance in Doctor
1: Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Agreed. I think so. I think the same thing. Yeah, especially the. Way, I'm not sure if I, how I like this retcon. Um, I'm still on the show about that, but it definitely seems like what you what you're saying seems to be the truth. They're they're definitely quote unquote grounding it uh, ahead of. Uh, I've of had of her coming into the MCU.
0: Right. And I think what they're doing is they're grounding it, but at the same time, not necessarily throwing out anything that happened before because of what we find out in this issue. Right. And because of what we see developing in this issue.
1: I, I, I'm not sure if I agree with that part. Cause it feels like they kind of are. It's like, well, they're maybe, maybe they're not throwing it out. They're basically calling it, it's not directly called as to what it was, I guess to, to, to um,
0: well, not what I was going to say is not everything, you know, it's one of those, it's not everything is as it seemed. Right. You know, right. that's really what it is more so than changing too much because we still have someone who has dimension hopping powers. <laughs> right. So it's at the end of the day, that dimension that she claimed that, that, that she's always thought that she was from, Maybe isn't exactly what she thought it was, but she still has dimension hopping power. But so, they,
1: but therein lies the problem for me, because I'm sort of like they didn't necessarily have to do this, like to couch it in this, in this way, to 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 kind of keep that being the thing, you know? Like, okay, so we in, in this issue basically we find out that uh, not only. Uh, th- has uh America's origin slightly shifted let's just say for the for the sake of argument for the time being um that she now has a sister which we also called um coming out of last because like yeah that was kind of i felt like that one kind of was telegraphed um but uh I don't know. I, I I've always I've always kind of been with America. Was like, no, she's just from this other dimension that you know that's kind of off on its own, and come into this one, and you know, there you go. She's got her dimension hopping powers. In, in this case, um, and she still has a two moms, so that, that's a good thing. But they're, right. uh, you know, but it's
0: really more of what I was going to say. That, that's that's really what w- that's really where I think they're doing the most service to the character. This is my opinion, because I always disconnected with the character when it came to the whole other dimension origin. Mm. Right. I didn't care about the two moms. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I definitely understood that putting her uh, origin in another dimension makes her dimension hopping powers make some more sense. I definitely get that. But uh, having her origin be a little bit more grounded makes, you know, helps make, the character helps the character make more sense to me, but that's just my opinion. I want, I'm wondering if that's what the majority of the readers who read this are going to take away from it.
1: Well, I guess, and the part, other part of that are the majority of the readers, may be, let's say newer fans of America, like, and and that's because like America's not a a she's not on she's not a an old character, character by any
0: means, not right. anymore.
1: Right, like she's she's been around since what, two the the like the two thousands, I think. No, uh, probably like the early twenty tens. Hmm. She, she earlier than that. When was that? Uh, young, uh, young, uh, whatever that brigade story was, or, or was it Maram? Because she showed no, up so in the first the was
0: like in vengeance or something right. like that.
1: Right. Like, yeah, First Appearance Vengeance. I
0: I was uh, I was yeah. I was pretty close. No, yeah. Uh without going over. Um <laughs> the right rules. Um uh, America Chavez uh First Appearance Vengeance number 1 July
1: 2011. Oh, okay. For some reason I thought it was earlier than that. So and then that being the case going into the Young Avengers uh shortly thereafter so yeah, so basically, it's, it still plays out that she's not an older uh, an older character. She's been around for I guess at this point for a good decade or so. Um, so I don't see how or why they had to do this. Still, that I guess that is partially my point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the other plus side of that point is that there are probably even newer readers in in the past, say five or six years than then at large, I, I don't know that for certain. And there's definitely going to be probably some newer folks who are just find, going to be finding out about her in the MCU, her upcoming MCU. Uh, um,
0: right. Now that she's been cast. Now right. that uh, the, the character's name is out there. Right. So once, you know, once, once the hype for Dr. Strange starts to build more and more, because we've already started to see a little bit with uh, WandaVision mm-hmm. with everyone knowing, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh wanda's next appearance is going to be in that doctor strange movie
1: mm-hmm. which we have a little bit of news on partially on that um, um in the news section but we'll 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 tuck that away for then but that being said like i said i, I still don't know if this rest this uh is personally necessary but we can definitely agree that yeah they are definitely doing it for i we can assume reasonably assume that is for the purposes of the MCU, uh, her upcoming uh, MCU appearance.
0: Right, uh, I happen to think it is necessary to, to help ground the character and make it uh, make make the origin a little bit more uh, understandable. But mm-hmm. you know, we can agree to disagree on that one because that's a definitely a point of taste, right, in th- with regards to the character.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, I'm not thinking the, the 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 old origin had any. Any bearing on because they they even kind of because it's not like they really like they, they didn't uh, change it right <laughs> they, well they really change it well not even that but I'm just saying in in America's last couple of miniseries um yes they kind of played with that um a little bit but in fact I think I guess they won they did uh they did kind of have a nice little arc about it um but it even but never had it really played up into anything in her you know, in her young adventures appearances or any or ultimates or any place else. Like, you know, you hear her talk about, hey, this is where I come from, this and that but outside of that, you know, it there's nothing that pretty much made it stand out as much to where they didn't kinda gloss over it, you know, in passing. Just to kind of let you know, hey, this is where she's from. Outside of that, they had no bearing on any stories that she had been in outside of, like the one of the last couple of uh, miniseries that has that uh, happened in the last couple of years. So, regardless, um, yeah, like I said, the source shorts is just, like I said, she, she finds out she has a sister at her, her her origin gets, um, slightly modified, let's just say. Um, yes, it kind of doesn't get rid of the old stuff, but it kind of does. But we're going to... uh, I guess we're going to find out um, what's going to be the the end result, because we still have two issues of this uh, miniseries to go. So there is still a chance for something else to... Uh, come out about it like the outside of her find out that she has a sister and you know what she knew wasn't necessarily what she what it was um, and the resolution of this the, the whole subplot about her powers kind of acting up at this point like maybe we'll see a new because uh, she was already pretty powerful when she came out like I don't know if they, they, they're doing, doing this to kind of nerf her a little bit you know, I mean, the most times people even write her, they they pretty much write her like she yeah, has. She's super strong. She can fly. She can stomp out uh, dimension portals, um, which is like I said her her core power set. Whether they're going to change that at the uh, end of this, you know, to ground it a little bit more, I guess we'll see. Because that kind of feels like another thing that's actually the, what they're doing with this, and I'm not sure how I feel about that.
0: Well, we'll see where we get, you know, wh- wh- what happens with her, the story about her power. So, mm-hmm. I wasn't really concentrating too much on that. I don't think they're going to nerf her so much as, uh, because uh, her power set is unique.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, but depending on who's writing her, they've pretty much relegated her to her. You're just teleporter, boop, and then sometimes you come fingers and punch in. Because when she started, she was, like, super strong, punch things, you know, and the, the teleporter was about the thing. You know, was a thing. So, hmm. Um... I was about to say, uh, Roddy Cat is salty about how they have treated her powers, apparently. I didn't know. Kinda. Yeah, a little bit. Because, like I said, the depends on the writer, are just like, well, okay, she's either this powerful, or they just kind of relegated her to one thing. Like, And they've kind of done that to Monica Rambeau in, in recent history, also. But, uh, well, always, honestly. Well, that's happened. I was about
0: to say, that's happened ever since um, she blew up Nebula's ship. Yes. Ever since they ever since they uh, took her away from which uh, we'll call it took her out of uh, chairpersonship of the Avengers,
1: yeah. And to be fair, they also did that with Carol Danvers at times because her her uh, powers have fluctuated. Um, oh, I was about to say that's I. just
0: as bad, right? <laughs> that that goes even further. <laughs> yeah, so they,
1: they, it is not a new thing in comics, much less Marvel comics. But it's like, okay, do we really have to do this? That goes back. That goes back a long, long way. Hmm. So, but there's also a tie in all of those characters in, in a in what's well, a kind of America side, but you know, it, um, uh, but there's kind of a tie there. I guess you could say one could probably make one. That being said, I'm still, like I said, I'm still curious about where this is going to go. And I'm still enjoying reading it outside of the fact that I'm not really crazy about, I can't say whether I'm crazy about this retcon or not. Like I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I'm at this point, I'm not great with it, but I also understand if they are doing it for the reasons that we have stated Sure, I you know there. Then that's a thing. You know, we'll see how it plays out when it comes time for her to show up in the MCU. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is what it is at this point. At this point. Uh Anything else? No, nope, that's it. So that being the case, I think we can. Well, uh, do you want to? What does? Yeah, let's, let's rapid fire this. Spinning it up. Rapid fire, cuz just out of curiosity, though. I'm gonna spin the wheel one more time just to see where it lands. <laughs> oh, uh, I gotta do, I really need to change that. <coughs> Either one of us could do this one. So, do you want to start or do you want me to start? With, uh, I was with about to our... say, you can start. Depends on what the book is, though. Uh, Immortal Hulk number 46.
0: Go ahead. I mean, I'll read the I'll read the credits and uh, mm-hmm. you can do the rapid fire and, and take it from there. Um, it's written Immortal Hulk 46 is written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett, uh, inks by Rui Jose and Bellardino Bra, uh, Bravo Brano, uh, colors by Paul Mounts, and letters by VC's Court Pettit. Take it away.
1: So, um Gamma Flight decides to go help the Hulk against the the UFOs, knowing that it could put them, you know, in a in a situation which we also know that um, Gamma uh Gamma Flight is getting their own book. So this is probably setting that up a little bit more. Um uh Hulk uh Hulk vapes vapor, which I thought was a funny scene. I'm like she just blew out some she just blew out some, blew out uh vapor as, as some vape smoke. And I'm like, "All right, that was that was pretty funny. Um, Garrick ends up calling the Avengers, which means uh, Hulk versus the Avengers round two ends up happening um, because they have shown up in this book before. I'm also liking it for some strange reasons to Godzilla versus Kong because it's for, uh, uh, it's um, Thor, you know, Thor versus Hulk at first before the Avengers. The rest of the Avengers show up uh, and a very perplexed looking she Hulk, uh, Hulk in that one panel. 'Cause obviously that's her cousin, so you know <laughs> like obviously right. they they've already fought like probably a good thirty issues ago. So they don't want to have right. the, you and know. it
0: also seemed like there was a, supposed to be a different plan. <laughs> right. So
1: there was supposed to be a different plan in place. Uh but it it it, it, it all goes south. Very exactly. quickly. And uh and at the end of this a, a another uh um Hulk, I guess, in, in wrestling terms, get a um somebody somebody comes in off out of off the rafters, um <laughs> to to help Hulk and his team up.
0: Yeah, somebody runs in. Yeah, yeah. from backstage, basically.
1: Yeah. So. Which I, which I wasn't really expecting, and it sounds like they were kind of they definitely because the the cover in itself was some like it was kind of setting up something else, but it doesn't necessarily fall in that way. And the goodest one I've seen, because there is definitely in, um... As, as a matter of fact, in the clickbait section of the show notes, uh, if, you, um, if you have that link, there is an article uh, that is an interview with Al Ewing talking... Well, actually... Well, he's talking about more about like the, the, what's going on in Guardians of the Galaxy and Sword and, and whatnot, but it definitely does touch on what's going on in, in Immortal Hulk and part of that. Um...
0: Right. Well, we get the development of, I believe, what this cover is. Right. You know, I think we get, you know, we do get to see. um, I think we do. Eh, I'm not 100% sure who that is on the right. I think that's supposed to be Leonard Sam. I mean, uh, Walter Langowski in Leonard Sampson's body. Probably. But. I think at the end of the day, what we have with this cover is a tease of probably what, of where this book is headed. Right. We definitely do see every character in this book, uh, not necessarily, uh, we we, we see every character in this, on this cover, not necessarily in this book. We don't necessarily see uh, the Samson uh, occupied by Walter Langowski um, uh, character, but we definitely have developments regarding that character in the book. So... That, I think, is where this, you know, this is probably like a note from Al Ewing, like, hey, Alex Ross, this is where we're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I guess that's, so that's where this cover uh, is, in, What what is uh, inspiring this cover.
1: But also because of the fact that we know that Mortal Hulk is ending at 50, you know, right. doesn't necessarily, you know, we, this book doesn't have uh, that much longer. Um, and we do know, like I said, he's getting their own book, um, uh, at some point. Right. And
0: ultimately what I think we're headed for is some sort of resolution with the leaders. So I have a feeling that unless they do like a really mega sized 50th issue, they're probably going to start developing that in the next issue because that will only leave, uh, four issues remaining basically. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, seven you know, forty seven, forty eight, forty nine being essentially the lead up to um the finale in fifty.
1: Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh and you gave me just enough time to to start doing some headway on my click oh, on my stuff, not my clicks. But uh, so yeah, we're gonna move on to uh my my next book, which is The Next Batman Second Son number ten. Um Written by. I'm doing a couple of things at once, sorry folks. Um, written by. John Ridley. Uh, art by Travel Foreman. Inks by LeBeau Underwood. Uh, colors by Rev Rex uh, Locus. That's supposed to be an X, not a V. And lettering. Colors by Rex Locus and letterings by Deron, uh, Darren Bennett. So did you, basically Jace tries to interject and in, uh intercept uh Arcadine's p- people who has some kind of package that he wants so that he can get to Arcadine. Uh but it comes up short. And boy, I got misspellings in this joint. Wow. Um, uh, because he pretty much gets uh gets well, his upper hand that he thought he had uh gets uh gets taken away from him by a very capable fighter. Uh, and he ends up getting cons- uh, some assistance by another Batman uh, he- hero. Well, a Batman-related uh, hero who is a part of the Outsiders. Let's just say that uh, at the end of this. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I... And again, this is the digital first um, book. And I'm pretty sure at some point they are going to... Uh, they are going to make physical copies of this, and this is pretty much takes place before Future State, which has already happened, uh, mm-hmm. leading up to how Jace, aka Tim, gets a bat suit. So we're going to assume at the end of this, or in going, this is where um, you know this is him going into Future State with the bat suit whenever he gets that.
0: I just had a note about the art in this. Okay. Travel Foreman is a he, he. It's it's not Travel Foreman's first, uh, you know, f- first job in comics. Sure. But I I'm wondering if travel for if this is Travel Foreman's first use of digital art in doing his comic book art because I am not keen on how that looks. I was just flipping through this earlier. There uh, is
1: some kind of sketching. It looks more sketched and rushed. In some spots. And
0: digital, and you could tell it's digital. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely tell it's digital art, and you know I've I, I've seen digital art on Instagram mostly, mm-hmm. and it's just very obvious that it's just not. It's something that Travel Foreman's still getting used to, right? So you know if there's if there's one criticism I have, I'm not reading the series that closely, but I flipped through this and I was like, wow, that's not the Travel Foreman I know,
1: right? Because if you've seen his. Uh, stuff like Ultimates or whatever the case may be. It's
0: fairly detailed. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah, his stuff is way more detailed than his other books than than in this one for sure. Like this one looks like court sketches.
0: Oh, that's tough. But yeah, I definitely think that's closer to the that that's closer to what it really is mm-hmm. because you can start to see it kind of degrade as the as as Roddy Cat said mm-hmm. as as I guess his his deadline started to to hit a little closer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this book is coming out. It has been coming out every week, so um, you know, don't know how much lead up time. Now, well, actually, you yeah, know, no, we don't know how much lead up time he might have had because we knew this book was going to be out for a while, um, or it was going to be out, and we knew it was coming. So, yeah, we that's part of it. We don't know, uh, and so the, in that respect, we don't know how much it was already done um, up until this point. So cuz at this point in physical in physical media this would probably be like issue 5 cuz I think they like double up on the issues uh the, the digital stuff if I'm not mistaken into one um into one physical issue.
0: Right, because this yeah, that that's what I was going to say. I think this is actually half of an issue.
1: Mhm. So. So that being the case, yeah. It's like like I said, you can it's it's distracting enough to be like to if you especially if you know travel foreman's art yeah that is a thing but it's not nothing that's going to that should you know kill you too much it's not too distracting to where you can't read it put it that way but it it is kind of a a, a weird choice or you know
0: especially if you're familiar with his art so. exactly
1: um next up though strange academy number ten uh, let's see written by. So wait yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: On, we know who it's written by. He's been yes. writing it the whole time, Scotty Young.
1: Yeah, no, no, I got this. I got that, but I was like, there was a part of this I was like, wait a minute, did I get make sure I got that right? But yeah, oh. written by Scotty Young, art by Humber- Her Humberto Ramos, and colors by Edgar Delgado. No, did you read this right? I did. Okay. Yeah, so the kids take a field trip to Asgard. Um <laughs> and of course, uh Having well, not even half, but the, a couple of the folks uh, being from Asgard, you know, just pretty much them going home. We come to find out that there's a related to right or being related to one of the realms, right? Because we also get that
0: uh, as being part of the story as
1: well, right? Because yeah, because we've got a frost giant and we got uh, actually we've got a couple of frost. Well, we've got one frost giant and we got I'm not sure what uh, I can't remember what land Toth is from, but he's definitely an ice ice being. But yeah, so there's a couple of realms that 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 are that are in that are there. So people are coming on but yeah they go to to Asgard they you would assume he's going to meet up with Thor but nope Thor's not around we get instead as a guide Volstag of all people of course course, not of all people (laughs) Volstag the Vainglorious is always going to be the tour guide I'm surprised they even (laughs) thought about bringing in Thor I mean, it would make sense, like, hey, have the Father give them to, tour, but also he's busy, so, you know, and I get why they did. So, yeah, Volstagg's doing a tour, um, which the, he immediately takes them to the cantina, to, to the canteen, <laughs> excuse me, the Great Hall or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. I was about and to they, say, Toph is actually from Weird World. Oh right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That is absolutely. I forgot.
0: Right. I didn't know that. I don't. Yes. W- I,
1: I, I didn't remember
0: that. So I had to Google that just now. No, I'm so. glad you
1: did. Yeah, that's totally right. Because yeah, because so so yeah. So that means there's one frost giant, and then there's the two Asgardians that are in the class, right? Um, and everybody else is from other different uh, realms or whatever. It may be. So yeah, but in speaking of the two kids that are from Asgard, we come to find out that their parentage, which now that I think about it, as of last issue. Uh, I don't recall us seeing them parents at the family day thing that happened we and not. now we know we why. Mm-hmm. So we come to find out that um uh, Eric and Alvi's uh, the Yas Guardian kids is uh dad is a is a palace guard and their mother is the enchantress. Of course she is. Right. So I'm like, wait, what? When did this happen? Because there was a couple <laughs> of folks that's like, wait, when did these people have kids? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not immortal, but they are long lived. That's a long. It could have been a long time ago. Oh yeah, I mean that is true. But I feel like we would have. Well, that's not true. We wouldn't have necessarily have heard of uh, these kids before now. Um,
0: this is you know th- this could have all happened after. Uh, scourge, you know, uh, uh, you know, gets killed in, um, you know, in the Simonson run
1: and and the enchantress is looking for somebody, you know, you never know. Uh, Sure. Um, yeah. And I don't know if we, and we don't get in this, uh, in this uh, issue either uh, as to how that came to be, but regardless, we we do know that that is a thing. And she's in, uh, she's apparently imprisoned under the world tree, so, and one of the kids, uh, who I guess is more partial to her than the other, or excuse me, one of the, 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 the uh, the, the sons, uh, was more partial to her than the other kid because the other kids are more like the dad. So, right. um, um, I goes and sneaks off to go visit his mom and they talk and this also gets, um, gets found out by, the, uh, Dormomo's kid, Doyle, um. You know, because there's also this whole little thing that it it seemed like Eric was kind of uh, hitting on Emily, who Doyle likes. But that's a whole nother situation that that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, Doyle finds out that the entrances is, is Eric's mother. And he kind of they, they talk for a second. And then uh, Doyle and Emily have a nice little touching moment uh, that they've kind of they had before. But for real this time. <laughs> and uh, somebody else gets booed up in the in the course of the story, or at least a couple of <laughs> another set of kids get uh, booed up. Uh, and apparently it was Agatha all along. Oh no! That graded. Uh... <laughs> so I don't know if you saw that last page where where the, they were showing the um the the uh, the test grades, right? And and she makes that uh, makes that note. I like, all right, I see y'all 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 did that in, uh, intentionally, like. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> that, that choice of wording <laughs> was 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 uh, uh was a uh, potentially was a uh, you know, you meant to do that. You told totally him meant to do that. But anyway, Strange Academy is still a great book. Um, Amazing Spider Man sixty five is the next book, and let's see written by Nick Spencer, uh, art by Federico Vincetti Vincenti, uh, with Federico Sabatini. Uh, the
0: the Paisanos are I know charming. right it
1: was like wait yeah. what how did that happen um and colors by Alex Sinclair letters by BC's Joe Caramagna Mania my... and lettering the book yeah that's what I said
0: no 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 I said the Paisanos are drawing and lettering oh the book. oh oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I got you, got you. <laughs> <laughs> all the big Italian
1: names yeah no hey this is yeah exactly um so, Kendrick's t- apparently, thanks to uh, Mordo, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but this felt like the throne room scene of, in a, in a slight ways, the throne room scene of uh, Return of the Jedi, when Luke's getting shocked, and it was like calling out, to, uh, calling out his dad, calling out okay. the later. So that kind of gave me shades of that when um, Mordo was trying to get Kendrick to talk, and all he pretty much says is, father helped me, and then, you know, Norman kind of steps in and talks to... Um, talks the king, but which he kind of had already been doing, which is so it kind of doesn't make any sense. That is like, okay, this is now when the kingpin starts to back down, uh, for whatever reason. I got so many typos in here. What is going on? I must have been sleepy. Um, but anyway, um, sorry, uh, oh, wow. I- okay i didn't look at your review <laughs> i didn't yeah. look at your notes i had yeah those typos all around us. i don't know what they all, uh, to be fair some of this was done this uh this morning. i was kind of tired but um so yeah so, so that happens uh robbie and tombstone kind of have a little bonding moment uh when they go to save the kids to save their kids which i thought was like huh this is weird because we you know knowing of their history their long storied history together it has been nothing but animosity, and to see these two working together in any capacity is, um, or any willing capacity, is kind of strange. But they do, and then but Spidey kind of comes in uh, later on, which I I figured something like this was going to happen at some point. But I figured they were going to make a better use of it or something, because apparently Madam Mask was like, yeah, Spidey is coming, but according to this app, you know, which he, you know because of his new suit and stuff, like he's being tracked uh with an app so the the criminals kind of know when when he's going to be and I'm sure some criminals can maybe this is going to be used again uh you know in the next few a couple of issues or so so but I don't know or what however long he's going to have this suit but I was like yeah if if normal people know about this app I'm pretty sure the criminal criminal criminals can use it and sure enough they did but regardless Spidey does come in with some help uh, with the help of the syndicate and uh a big rousing fight happens, much like the big rousing fight that also happens in, um, Strange Academy that we don't get to see, but I thought that was pretty fun, by the way. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. It was basically a food
1: fight. Basically. So. Right. Um, and, uh, as in, and using baseball terms, they cleared the benches. Ah! <laughs> the benches <laughs> cleared. Yeah. The, from what we find out later in the, in the issue of, uh, Strange Academy. But, uh, and back to Amazing Spider-Man, um, yeah, like I said, Spidey and the syndicate kinda comes in, um, teaming up together and and helps out and uh come to find out that uh Peter is about to lose a roommate. Not by nefarious means, but by some potential I guess as they said in the book, some reverse psychology that Robbie uses.
0: <laughs> that doesn't work.
1: Yeah, that apparently doesn't work so far. Um and at the end of the book, uh, we find out that, that Norman had somebody else locked up in Ravencroft that we did not know previously, or that we may or may not have known about previously, because we knew remember the the Juggernaut was there that, that was kind of surprising um, in that last arc. Um, and uh, uh, according to that last page preview page, uh, apparently Spidey is also going to enlist some help uh, in the form of some defenders. And uh, and a couple of defend uh, and a couple of uh, ventures. So and the next man, yes, and the an next man. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I was gonna say Marvel Knights, but but yeah, that that is also the case. Because most of those folks have been Marvel Knights, with the exception of the the one that's that was on, on top of the tower or whatever, right. Um,
0: Right, the grand conclusion of this uh, story is going to be in a one-shot, mm-hmm. a giant size. It's actually, it, it ends up being like an annual. So that'll be next week. Uh, giant Size Amazing Spider-Man King's Ransom number one.
1: Yep, so boy, they are milking the spider title for all it's worth. Uh, yeah, I mean, on top of it coming out every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And those other little side ones that we were having every now and then with, the, with that last arc, which is, started getting on our nerves a little bit that, that yes. could have been regular issues. So it's kind of silly, silly, but anyway, transformers number 29 written by Brian Buckley art by Anna Markova, um, colors by David Garcia Cruz and lettering by Jake M wood. So Megatron's trying to take control of the, the Titans or keep them away from the Autobots, which apparently some of that gets done here. Uh, Ironheart, uh, adds a new bot to his group and gives a pep talk to his crew. Uh, Perceptor hips prime up to the all spike to to the Titan Spark situation, which is pretty much the this issue uh, mainly deals with. Um, And some of the Titans get a call out, but it doesn't really matter because uh, those Titans get dealt with because they all come crashing down after this one uh, facility gets blown up (laughs) at the end of this issue. Uh, To what end? I don't know, but this seems to be they're, they're. I can't really call it a re- retelling because this is a part of a story that I don't think we've ever seen in g We've definitely never seen in G1. Like, this is pretty much before G1 starts. Right. Uh, even with the new reboots of the for, with the Netflix series, it kind of plays with some of that. Uh, so, which means that we get some bots that we should not have seen before now or that we should not see before, like, say, g- Gen 3 or whatever the case may be. Kind of come into play at times, so it's kind of weird. But this is definitely a, a reboot of a uh, of a of a sort because of that. Because like I said, there are some bots. Like I said, we even see a bot that didn't show up until Transformers the movie in uh in here at times. So it, it's kind of weird how that's going, but it's still kind of enjoyable to read but i am curious as to where they're trying to get to like i'm not trying to rush that but it's still a curiosity as to where they're going like are they going to rebook? reboot like this is pretty much a great war leading up to the great war um and at some point g you know the start of g1 but i think they have enough time to kind of play with that i assume because like i said we have not seen the great war and this is all pretty much the beginnings of that uh up into the the um, you know, the Decepticons get named uh, the, a few issues ago, like actually get named when they weren't before now type situation. Anyway, if you, so if any of that sounds appealing to you, you definitely check out the Transformers book. Uh, like I said, it's 29 issues in, and there's been a couple other stuff. There was also another Transformers uh, miniseries that uh, came out this week, but I didn't get a chance to read it. Uh, Hellions number 11, written by Zeb Wells. Art by Steven Sokovia, Segovia, not Segovia. Uh, color artist by David Curiel. Letters by BC's Ariana Mayer. Um, the gist of this is pretty much that, hey, they, that um, that whole mission that they were on that uh, has to do with Arcade and uh, the Mastermind kind of um, getting in their heads. That pretty much gets wrapped up here. Quinnan is not happy about how this uh, mission ended because apparently Sinister has had a little bit more involvement in it than that was uh, originally noted. Um, so I don't really blame her, and we're probably going to see her exact some vengeance, which we already she already had some animosity against um, Sinister as it was going into this book. So this is probably just more furthering that cause. Um, a little bit more. Did you read this? Was that Hellions? Yeah. No. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Don't be. I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, so next up, Marauders, number 20. Uh, this is actually a potential click of the week for me, I think. Uh, written by Jerry Duggan. Uh, art by Stefano Caselli. Color artists by Edgar Delgado and Chris Sotomayor, Sotomayor, uh Letters by VCs uh, Corey Pettit. The short strokes it is because people should should check this one out. So Storm's pretty much leaving the Marauders, and uh, this is this is the whole issue is a big uh, Storm love fest of um, of a sorts. And I, I enjoyed reading it because basically they're sitting around uh, sitting around the Marauder telling stories about Storm, who's there, you know, and also having a bet about how many knives she's gotten, she's got for some reason that she's packing yeah that she's packing which that uh, we see that at the end of uh, of this and I say in my notes Aurora Monroe stars in Knives Out <laughs> um, but it's also leading up to the gala which I think we're, is coming next month so this is kind of sort of in service of that uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a potential click of the week for me. If you haven't read it, you should definitely check it out if you've been keeping up with Marauders. All
0: right? It was interesting for me because they mostly focused upon these um, inter, you know, like uh, interstitial stories, you know, kind of off the screen, off the page. Yes. That uh, these characters are recounting, so we don't have any real reference. But all, almost all of them are post Krokoan. Almost all of them, mm-hmm. with the exception of Emma Frost. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's true.
1: Yep, that is true. So yeah, that is all of
0: my books. Yeah, I mean, for a character that we've all been, you know, reading for almost forever and ever at this point now.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's the cover because I've totally forgot to uh, keep changing the covers while I was doing that. And there needs to be easier that's, way
0: to do that. That's okay. All right. So let me go through uh, the remainder of books that I have that were not in that we did not have in common. So first off is Batman number 108 written by James Tinian, the fourth with art by Jorge Jimenez colors by Tomo More and letters by Clayton Cowles. So, Batman has tried to infiltrate um the Unsanity uh group by uh the tried and true method of dressing up as Matches Malone. And he is instantly figured out. They absolutely figure him out right away. And essentially what um what we get in this book is um a new character being introduced mm-hmm called uh it's one of the few times that I I regret not um typing out my notes because it's a specific name and I can't just go into the uh the basics of the story. I need to just find her name. Miracle Molly. Apologies. Yeah, Miracle Molly. I I literally just flashed to it.
1: Yeah, it's on the cover. So
0: Miracle Molly. Um I literally just hit the page that it's on. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's basically Batman talking to Miracle Molly about what they are looking to do and who they have unfortunately uh, had to work with as a result of them needing a few extra dollars. And we also get um, the development of uh, Peacekeeper 1. And we find out who that is, right, cat in this book. So all of that future state stuff is definitely coming looks like it's starting to come to pass gotcha wait is it okay
1: and eh, never mind i'll check it out i don't normally read uh um batman but i'm i was very curious about that because they totally didn't do anything uh with that uh in future state
0: right and they they saved it for as a as a they they essentially made it a tease for right. uh the batman book okay. you know which which I've said has been the 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 strength of the Future State Batman stuff, which is it kept a much tighter um, focus than some of the other Future State uh, titles under uh, for DC.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Next up is Green Lantern number two, which is something that I'm recommending that Roddy can't read. Uh, it's written by Jeffrey Thorne. Uh, with art by Dex by both Dexter Soy and Marco Santucci, and you can definitely tell when the art changes between uh, one and the other because Dexter Soy has one, uh, one ha- has a particular style and you can definitely see the change when uh, the art duties get handed off
1: and we love to... Dex- Dexter, Soy's, Dexter Soy's art from back from um, Captain Marvel. Right,
0: and he's been he's 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 not a new uh, you know he he's been around the block so we've seen him uh, his art in several places. Uh, Marco Santucci, that's the name, that's the other artist. So, but uh, but other than you can uh, other than seeing a um, a definite change, it's not like a, a jarring
1: change, so it works. Um, Is it like a flashback to present day type of situation? no, or? No, no, it's
0: just different. Gotcha. It's just different. Uh, Colors by Alex Sinclair and letters by Rob Lee. Uh, so, following up on the events of issue number one, wherein Oa has been accepted into the United Planets, this there is a fallout to what happens on the cliffhanger. Well, ha- there's a, there's a there's fallout with regards to the cliffhanger ending of issue number one. And that is dealt with in this issue. And that has ramifications that are being felt throughout the Green Lantern Corps and changes somewhat the focus of the core and several of the lanterns that we have become acquainted with over the over the years. You know, everyone from uh John Stewart, you know, everyone from Hal Jordan all the way down. To John Stewart, to Kyle, to uh, Kyle Rayner, to Guy Gardner, to um, to the newest ones, and um, whose names escape me. But uh, when I say the newest ones, I really mean the newest ones without spoiling anything. Right, like so, Teen so, Lantern. Uh, uh,
1: Teen I Lantern. definitely. What's that? Like Teen Lantern, Joe Moline, and uh, that other one. That's what are, that's exactly yeah.
0: what I mean you definitely should start to pick up this or at least take a look at this book because there are ramifications for every lantern mm. in this book so uh I'll leave it at that, but it was actually pretty interesting and it is a and is it's honestly um a surprise candidate for a potential click of the
1: week for me hmm Oh, okay. Oh, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz also, yeah. Right, whose names I couldn't remember. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm getting old. I'm getting too old. I was about to say, I need to, I, I need the the problem is, there's a expletive in there, but I need to pull that lethal weapon line. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm actually so,
1: surprised I remember them, because I don't, like I said, I'm, I, I don't really, you know, I haven't really been messing around with that much DC, and as far as Lantern's concerned, like I said, the Jermolane one and uh, Team Lantern are the only ones I've had really any exposure to recently right
0: all right uh and i believe that's it for me because uh we've covered all of my other books all right so
1: clicks of the week clicks of the week and we have one click of the week from one of our absent uh, uh I don't know what they're called fools anymore, but they're not yeah. here right co-hosts. now. co-hosts. <laughs> Our co-hosts. No, well, I mean, they are co-hosts, but I'm just saying, you know, they're, they're not here, and they, but they haven't been here for a while. So, Swap Oh, um, no, I was about to say, we did form the uh, podcast Voltron not that long ago, but yeah. Yeah, that is true. The, yeah, the band got back together for one show, for the 400th episode, actually. So, you can go ahead and check that back out um, in, in the uh, archives. But, yeah, from Dirt, uh, Swamp Thing number three is his click of the week. He says Alex Holland, uh, Alex Holland uh, re- returned, and Poison Ivy is a villain again. So, okay.
0: He also makes your heart sing. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... And I don't think we didn't get anything from Tim, did we? No, we did not. Okay. Nope. So... Actually, while I do that, boop. There's the cover for that. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking I might actually go with uh, Marauders Twenty.
0: Actually, it was good. Yeah. It was good. I, like I said, I was very surprised that they were going to choose all anecdotes from post Krakoa. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was supposed to be about their time together as Marauders.
1: Right. In which, yeah, at least there's yeah, there like this at least one of them kinda sorta was. Um or one or two of them kinda was. Uh, yeah, the other ones were just like yeah, just random points. So at some random point. But it was enjoyable, it was fun, I thought. Uh what about yourself?
0: I think I'm gonna go with I'm I'm in between Believe it or not, Greenland number two, hmm. Good Asian number one, which I was pleasantly surprised by because it's not superhero stuff, and I just really, you know, some of the some of the dialogue in there was dialogue in it was so jarring because you're not used to hearing uh, certain slurs being thrown around, but to see it in the story makes sense. Hmm. Um, and I also liked uh believe it or not i like strange academy number 10 because it was just so yes. there was just so much fun around it because as much as Roddy cat liked to poke fun at the fact that thor wasn't available <laughs> of course volt's tag is going to be their tour guide because of course he is
1: yeah oh yeah um, the, the, uh strange academy definitely <laughs> was a, a potential click of the week for me and we, we you know we've loved this book um since its inception Right, it's safe to because
0: see. I honestly, I honestly was surprised that they even teased these kids with saying they were going to see Thor because of course it was going to be Volstagg, just yeah. of course.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, uh, no, there was definitely nothing saying that Thor was going to be there, but it, you know, it's reasonably assumed that it could have been the case.
0: No, no, of course, no. But my point being, like, uh, he shouldn't have even been the replacement. You know, like he did. He should have just been the tour guide from day one, you know, from, 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 from jump from day one from right. telling these kids, yeah, it's going to be Volstag the vainglorious. Right. So, <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the good Asian number one, uh, because it is, um, Asian Pacific Islander history month, uh, this month. So I'm going to give this
1: book a shout out this week. Okay. Nice. Well, that being the case, uh, we can go into the news section. But first, an ad read.
0: Our first ad read of the night is for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads. Apparel, including T-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into
1: the news. And we start off with the cinematic news as we do every week about this time. Time. Um, we're going to start off with Thor four set photos tease the use of Mandalorian filming technology. So Thor Love and Thunder films uh, inside ILM's Stagecraft LED sets. Wait, yeah, films inside ILMs. Okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm reading that right. Sets first used in Lucasfilm's Mandalorian. Um, director Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth reunite for the God of Thunder's fourth solo film after the success of their initial collaboration in Thor Ragnarok. Y'all already know this. Production for the movie has been going on for a few no- months now, now that um, uh, COVID-19 has significantly delayed its initial filming schedule. So, they started work uh, in Australia uh, back in January and still continuing principal photography. Um, but apparently. Uh, Taika Waititi. Took to Instagram. To post. Um, uh, to post. Uh, a visit. By his daughters to the set. And uh, the fact that they're using. Uh, some Mandalorian tech. To film on. And with. So that's cool. Next. I think you mute it.
0: That's what I get for putting on a sweatshirt while I was on mute. (laughs) It's still a little chilly up here in the Northeast, folks. Uh, Doctor Strange 2-star Zokiti. Is that how it's pronounced? I'm not sure, actually. Zokito Gomez has teased her America Chavez role in the upcoming Marvel sequel. All
1: right. So, I'm pulling this up. I feel like that's almost pronounced in and considered Chiwetel uh, or four, but I don't know. Zochitl? I, I, yeah, I guess I'm Chibatel? not sure. <laughs> Chupetel? yeah. I'm not sure. We probably will, we'll apologize for that. Xochitl? Yeah, Xochitl, yeah, maybe? Yeah, You might uh, be right with that. yeah.
0: So, uh, uh, Gomez, friend, I love the fact that the name.
1: article just says Gomez shared a picture. I'm like, thank you.
0: Gomez shared a picture to her Instagram <laughs> well, of they, a comic yeah,
1: least, panel. Right. They at least said her name. They, they wrote out a name. Like, we ain't got to say it out loud. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the first page. The first line is
0: always her name. But the second, uh, the second uh, sentence, thankfully, says Gomez shared a picture to her Instagram of a comic panel featuring her character captioned, I can't wait for
1: y'all to meet her. All right. That works. Yeah. Well, yeah I wish they do that You know. <laughs> uh, let's see Doctor Strange was written out of WandaVision apparently so though WandaVision wrapped up his story almost two months ago new information is still emerging about the show's process of crafting the central mystery uh, Kevin Feige revealed to Rolling Stone that there were more originally plans for Benjamin, ben, Benjamin Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange to make an appearance in the season finale But it was decided that writing the character out would better serve the show. Um, I mean, could have been an end credit scene, you know. Uh, Some people say, oh, it would have been so cool to see Doctor Strange, Feige said, but it would have taken away from Wanda and would have cost them a whole bunch of money, which is what we didn't want to do. That last part was, uh, you know, (laughs) was paraphrased by me, obviously. Um... Uh we didn't want the to end the show to we we didn't want the end of the show to be commoditized to go to the next movie. Here's the white guy. Let's uh let me show you how how it works. Uh and then it kinda goes off from there in the course of this article. So yeah. Doctor Strange was almost in one in, in, in WandaVision, but they did uh they decided not to. Next up. So to tell. I looked it up. Oh okay, cool. Thank you.
0: The power of Google, folks. Black Panther 2. Ryan Coogler has reshaped the sequel to respect Chadwick Boseman. So Black Panther 2 actor Lupita Nyong'o has opened up about her complicated feelings over returning to film the sequel following the passing of star Chadwick Boseman. Nyong'o spoke to Yahoo about the experience of gearing up for the title, uh, gearing up for the next film. Uh, with the loss of uh, Chadwick Boseman still being fresh, um, she says that uh, she still can't believe that you know that that uh, that they're on the set. But I'm opening up the article now. Live podcasting, folks. Uh, she see, she says that she's in a very pensive and meditative state um and looking 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 oh she says that at the same time ryan kugler um also feels the loss and um and in and it's his idea the way that he reshaped the second movie to be respectful of the loss that they have all experienced as a cast and as a world, so they, so it feels spiritually and emotionally correct to do it the way they're doing it. Okay.
1: Yeah, and hopefully it does indeed translate that way when that movie uh, comes out. Right. It's, it's, it, 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 it's
0: comforting that it's, the, it's still the original creative team.
1: Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, blade reboot production which we'll, we'll get into a little bit more news on on that uh, on the black pencil thing in a minute but blade reboot production start date revealed speaking of uh, Mahershala Ali uh, Marvel's blade reboot will reportedly begin production in July 2022 according to the Hollywood Reporter Um, and apparently yeah, this came out about in uh, the same time as the Hollywood reporters um, and I think that's we may have that uh, article down the line. But yeah, uh, about another article uh, that we may have, we'll talk about uh, on a another composition filming. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much that. There's nothing no, so, uh, else to it outside of the fact that, yeah, July 22 is when production is probably going to start on the Blade movie, the Blade reboot. Next up. Next up.
0: Uh, Shang-Chi star Simu Liu shares an Asian Heritage Month message. So May, as I said earlier, marks the beginning of Asian Heritage Month. And to celebrate Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings star Simu Liu posted a heartfelt message online Uh, saying that this hashtag Asian Heritage Month, it is more critical than ever to celebrate our culture, recognize our triumphs, and to stand in solidarity against anti-Asian discrimination. Liu tweeted, uh, he also tweeted, uh, he's so incredibly proud of his family history that spans from China to Canada. We are immigrants and dreamers. Uh, Also of note, he tweeted um, that uh, uh, the pronunciations... Uh, May 2nd that it's a uh, Si Mu Liu and Shang Chi. So uh, it's a tough it's it's a definitely a tough habit for myself to break because I've I've even caught myself saying Shang uh, <laughs> recently. So uh, you know it's a tough habit to break for a long time comic reader. Mm-hmm. But uh, thankfully we'll have that straightened out by the time this movie drops.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up though. So um uh, a couple of days ago Marvel Studios uh put out a featurette um with footage um which they were really trying to make folks cry because it starts off with Stan well, it's Stan, Stan Lee narrating it. Um with uh footage from uh, phase, phase four. four yeah from phase four movie phase coming up. Right, right, phase three. Well, movie, yeah, yeah, mostly phase three, but it's going into some phase four stuff going into because at the end of it we see um some stuff from Eternals uh, we see uh, the names of both uh, the Black Panther movie which is Wakanda forever and also the new uh, Captain Marvel number two which is called uh, being renamed the Marvels in addition to a little bit more uh, Eternals uh, footage so if you haven't checked that out you very much should because it's actually pretty um, it's it's a pretty good video uh, and this, I will also direct you to a, another video that's in the clickbait section bait section from a couple of months ago that pretty much has all of the um, it's uh, it's called iconic Marvel moments from the MCU from phases one, two, three, one through three. And it basically, uh, hey, here is the MCU versions of these same scenes that were in the uh, comic books. So they basically do, like, hey, here's the comic pages, where they're from, and, and what comics they come from, and then the MCU scene that, uh, that evokes them. So you should definitely go check that out. It was also a good, another good video. Uh, next up. And all, I was about to say, and also of note,
0: I wanted to point out that the Marvel's um, image, the yeah. title image that they provided... Also evokes not one but two additional characters that we both know, that we all know now, are going to be part of the Captain Marvel sequel. Yes. One being um, the, the the chest symbol that we see uh, on both, basically ev- uh, evoking both um, uh, Kamala Khan and we also get the photon we don't know if she's going to go by photon or by spectrum right. but it's essentially the the comic book chess symbol that she rocks um in later uh costumes mm-hmm.
1: and that's uh,
0: yeah yes um it's nothing there's nothing hidden there because we both we know it's 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 pretty well known that they're going to show up in the next captain marvel
1: movie. right but it was pretty much the same symbol she's been rocking the most of the time if i'm not mistaken um but regardless, yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. But definitely, you're right about that, and so you know. But yeah, like I said, check out regardless. Check out that video, that future because it's it's pretty good if you haven't already. I believe that was also was it some Loki that no, it was just the movies. Um, so never mind. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Marvel's Arena of Heroes. Oh, no, I was about to say this is mine actually. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh,
0: so uh, earlier this week. Uh, The Walt Disney Company flexed its portfolio muscles. I kind of like that. On live TV with ESPN and Marvel's Arena of Heroes, a first-of-its-kind broadcast that was done in partnership with the two Disney brands. So I actually watched this. I watched it on ESPN2. Mm -hmm. I was flipping between this and uh, the Mets. And uh, the gist of the idea was Marvel and basketball fans would see elements from an original Marvel story integrated throughout the game as an alternate presentation for the Golden State Warriors versus New Orleans Pelicans matchup. Uh, the Marvel love was present was present beforehand through, uh, through as the Warriors revealed uh, starting forward Draymond Green was wearing a Black Panther watch. Okay, yeah, Draymond was one of six players selected to. Um, Uh, Represent the interactiveness of the event, and they would uh, be—they were essentially "quote unquote" chosen by the Marvel heroes to act as their uh, avatars in in the game. And uh, they basically had a scoring system so that the 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 player who had the most points—not points in the game, but points as a uh, according to the scoring system—at the end of the game would become uh, uh, the hero's nominee. Um, for um, I forget if it was Avengers membership or not, but the point is, right. uh, Draymond Green essentially by stuffing the stat sheet um, became uh, the the winner of that uh, game's contest.
1: Oh, okay, nice. Um, and yeah, that the watch he has on, which I think was the focal point of this particular article, is not the same one that we saw. It's a very different one from the well, a kind of different one from the one that we saw advertised um, that we talked about, like sometime last year or, or two years ago, something like it, whenever that was, which is mad. I never got that watch, but that watch was expensive. So, yeah, if you are watching the video, you can see that it said watch involved. And, um, yeah, and 1870 just said uh, who, who won that uh, whole thing. Was it a pretty good presentation at the very least? uh it was okay
0: i mean i'm a you know I, i'm an nba fan so i don't necessarily need to see this marvel stuff but right. whoever that is geared towards i hope they liked it well right, but also you're a combo fan so i figured it was at least you know. right well i mean it's entertaining but you know i'm 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 getting too old for this shit so you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know so so it's not re- i'm not necessarily the target demographic for that you know what i mean sure. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah fair enough uh, actually speaking of that game, a new Loki, te- well, you know what? I am also going to take the next one. Uh, yeah. cause they're, Team they're them up. related. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. A new Loki teaser debuted during tonight's or during that Marvel themed, uh, NBA game. So a new short teaser for Disney Plus's Loki was released during the, the Marvel themed NBA game that we just talked about, uh, between Golden State Warriors and New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the new promo spot, which was shared by, uh, some Twitter account, um, gives us another glimpse at the adventure, this variant of the God of Mischief will be, Mischief will be undertaking. Um, that is IGN's words, variant. That was, you know, I assume intentional or not, but anyway, uh, and also with that, boop, uh, a day later, we get another uh, teaser, uh, trailer for Loki. That I believe this was the one that uh, Tom Hiddleston, um, um, uh, popped in or well, was um, uh, you know, starred uh Was the, the focus point because it was basically Tom Hiddleston as themselves talking about, hey, you know, we've seen these other uh, moments in the MCU, uh, MCU. You know, starring these heroes, but we don't really get one for Loki, and and it's probably how time you see one, and then it kind of goes into a teaser for Loki. I thought it was kind of cool, but also, uh, Hiddleston also says, um, wait, does it say here? Basically, it says uh, that, um... They moved the date up for Loki, so it's not the June 11th anymore. It's June 9th, which means it's going to, which means Loki is going to be premiering and uh, coming out on Wednesdays and not Fridays. So, um, so starting June 9th is when we're going to start seeing Loki. Um, which I guess for our purposes is good. Because instead of waiting, what, five, four or five days for us to be able to recap it, it, we can do it the day after it airs.
0: Right. That's just our purpose.
1: Yeah, that is our purpose. But also, it's kind of sad because, well, one, people are already going to, well, I guess it's also a good thing because it's, I don't know if this is what they were thinking about it, but uh, it's Wednesday, so therefore it's New Comic Book Day, so new comic books come out. There's not a local comic book, but the Still, it still coincides when new comics come out. I don't know if, whether that I mean, that makes, thinking or not.
0: Yeah, I was about to, that makes the interaction in the comic book store awkward. Um, you got to just tell people, hey, don't talk about Loki if you haven't seen it yet. Right. I mean, uh, because there's people that haven't seen it yet. That is,
1: and so. which brings me to the next point, because there's people that still won't have seen it, but there is also people going to be spoiling it zero, you know, zero minute when it drops that day already. Exactly. It's
0: tough because, you know, if it's going to be if it turns into one of those WandaVision things where you have to eat breakfast and watch uh, 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 some MCU stuff in the morning before you get out the door uh, or before you sit down at your computer so that you can
1: avoid spoilers, that might be what that might be what you have to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And now you have to do it even sooner because, like I said, it's in the middle of the week and we know a lot of people won't be able to watch it uh, before the Mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, which means that you know, article writers are going to be spoiling the hell out of it on Thursday and making it not safe to go on social media, right? Or or even Wednesday, Wednesday night, in general, or, right? Yeah. So that that's kind of sucks, but like I said, you know, the, it's not an optimal thing, but there's a I, I feel like there's a choice for it, and that we don't know yet. Um. Right.
0: We, we speculate that it's just so that they can spread out their releases because Bad Batch is going to be releasing at the same time. Right. And that's still on Fridays, and as Friday. Exactly. And that's still on Friday. So they can spread out how often people hit the service. Uh, it's all to their benefit
1: right which yeah i i i feel less of i'm like like so that is the logical reason and the, and the and the beneficial reason for them but I've, part of me still like like does not making sense because it's serving two different audiences but sometimes but the Venn diagram of that is just kind of close enough to where yeah it still holds up to where yeah you
0: Yeah would i was about to say it. that i think there's a lot of intersectionality mm-hmm. a lot of crossover
1: between those two so it yeah so it very much that seems the most logical reasoning for it
0: all righty. Uh, next up, Miss
1: Marvel set photos have
0: revealed Kamala, uh, Kamala. See, look, that's me. Thank you, Madam Vice President, for screwing it, screwing up my brain. Um, Ms. Marvel set photos reveal Kamala Khan's full costume. So, um, Just Jared, uh, the website, has shown off some new set photos that show um um, iman volani in full costume and fans probably will love the suit the red and blue color scheme is definitely intact and the overall design is pretty comic uh, comic book accurate complete with the symbol down the middle and red sleeves and pants the one big change is that she's wearing red chuck taylor's <laughs> that's really it yeah. you know everything else is pretty spot on
1: yeah so, if you're watching the video, you can see uh, the pictures in question on that, though. The, well, I pulled them off of Twitter, but the, but the article had at least one of them. So, yeah, and you can see there's a, the, the full shot in, in, of her in front of the crowd and, you know, the couple of other, instead, they have in there. They're grainy pictures, but they still, you know, they serve a purpose. So, yeah, there you go. That's that. It does look good, though. Yeah, it's a good looking, you know,
0: I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 waiting to see how they pull off the story, but I'm okay with the suit. Exactly. Uh, and people are just like, oh, you know, it looks like a CW suit. I'm like, no, it doesn't.
1: Who said? Okay, you know what? People are out of pocket. Um, no, it doesn't. Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier's the director breaks down Walker's arc, Steve's shadow, and more. Now, this one kind of came up to a little bit of contention on the on the social medias with. Pretty good reason, uh, because somebody I know somebody uh, I don't know what side it was, and I'm not going to give an or some Twitter account. Pretty much went in this article, glommed out one thing and retweeted it, and of course it said you know part of Twitter slightly ablo- at least because of it. So this was from in um, so this is from an IO9 article uh, where they were talking to the director uh, Kari Skullgard Scarlet Land, excuse me, about Falcon and Winter Soldier. And uh they asked her a bunch of questions about, you know, some, some things about her time with the show. Uh including her view of John Walker, which is the thing that um somebody kind of glossed out over it. So you can read the article for yourself for to, to um to check out what she says about most of it. The one thing that I'm just gonna bring about is the thing that kinda got Twitter all all the flutter in that she said something about, um, hold on, where is it? Um, Oh, fudge. Basically that she was, she basically said that she was, um, she, you know, she felt like everyone likes John Walker at the end of it. And I'm sitting like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> And, she, and that was that was kind of a, a motivation or not a goal of hers. She, she felt like that they 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 made good out on that. And I'm like, no, everybody does not like John Walker at the end of this. He did not get a uh, he shouldn't. Well, one, he shouldn't have got as, as much of a redemptive arc that he did. It wasn't earned. Um, but secondly, it's like no, he's still, you know, whether you know about the character. Right, I was about to
0: say. I think, I think our our, our history with the character, uh, um, it, it uh, would would uh, would affect how we see uh, his portrayal in the MCU. But, but I, I, yeah. I see. I see where the director was coming from with that, but I, I'm more in agreement with you that it just didn't feel like it was well earned. Right.
1: So, uh, and even you know, people and out that I listen, know that don't... I was
0: about to say, I will bring in some Dragon Ball stuff here because <laughs> now I can now I can talk about it. It seems like they try to redeem every character in these stories, and yes. it's you know I I wonder if it's like a lesson of the human condition, like you know is everyone redeemable up to a point? Uh, and you know that point is pretty far down. You know that that point is pretty extreme, where there's you know where where someone where a character and a person can you know, is just beyond redemption. So, you know, I I don't know if John Walker follow, you know, uh, approaches that. Vegeta might in my opinion, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's that, that that's definitely one thing. You know, you, you start to wonder when you see uh John Walker's redemption arc in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier being played out the way it is. I'm like, "Well, I guess we're supposed to believe that, but I don't like John Walker, so I don't care."
1: Right. I mean, there are people that I know that don't have the comic book tie that still didn't like him. So, right. you know, uh, yeah, here we go. I found a part. So iron nine asks, uh, Skogland, Uh, now speaking of John, obviously he has a huge arc on the show too. Uh, and this is another part I had contention with. He's arguably the third lead. No. Um, <laughs> at first you hate them. Then he gets worse and then he gets kind of redeemed at the end. Uh through your direction how did you want the audience to feel about him at the end or did you purposely kind of leave that vague and then Sagami answers Well we left it a little vague on purpose but at the end of the day I wanted people to like him and I think everybody does like him Now they went through a period of not liking him at the beginning because he started out feeling like wait what is this guy and blah 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 yeah, regardless you get the point like no no it's not true and I don't know why would you want anyone to like that fool <laughs> we can make an assertion but we won't do it um i'm like no anyway so fun. move right along
0: next up oh my goodness president bartlett what's next all right uh the falcon and winter soldier producer nate moore revealed that an iconic marvel team was never in the cards for the series storyline Moore told uh, Entertainment Weekly that there were no plans for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to introduce the Thunderbolts. The honest truth, he says, is no, because they didn't think they're cool because they are, but because uh, they already felt like there was so much on the table in the series that they also didn't want to introduce a group of characters or reintroduce people that we've seen in the past and cloud the story.
1: I don't blame them. They yeah. only had six uh, six uh, episodes to run through, so that would have been a lot, right? But it also doesn't mean that they just because they didn't have plans for it, that doesn't mean they don't have it. You know that, that right. that's the thing that they couldn't still be a thing that's on the table. So, if we have learned anything from the from the MCUs, like things kind of can come out of the woodwork, even even if whether intentional or not. But next up, uh, Spider-Man animated series has returned to Disney Plus because apparently it was off the service for a little bit. Um, yeah, we reported on it like two weeks ago, I think. Did we? Yeah. we oh, did. That it was gone. I I don't remember. Oh, that
0: it was go- that it was leaving temporarily.
1: Right. So now it's back. Uh, it left the House of Mars. Yeah, you know, it left the platform in late April with Disney saying that Spider-Man uh nineteen ninety four will return it to the surface shortly shortly but we do not have a specific date to share at this time. Well guess what? Don't worry about it. It's back now. That's that was two quick. Days ago. Yeah no. What reasoning for it, we still don't necessarily know. And un- uh unfortunately uh for um Agent seventy Spectacular still missing for reasons. Damn it Sony. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of damn it Sony. Mm-hmm
0: uh, it's been a big day no, it's a de- there's a delay in the Morbius movie it's been pushed back a week to January 28th 2022 it's not a big delay, but it's the third for the movie, which was originally scheduled for March 19th, 2021, wow that would have come out already mm-hmm. then it was pushed back to October 8th and now it's been pushed back to uh, a date with uh, the same day as a uh, new Bond movie, No Time to Die Oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. October eighth would have been no time to die. So now it's been right. pushed to January twenty first of twenty twenty
1: two. Which they can just push this back to never, honestly. Because one, who <laughs> needs, who wants this movie? And two, is Jared Leto. Um, uh, Morbius. I can't believe they did a Morbius movie. But anyway, yeah, well, they did a Venom movie. So that's can't. That's not outside the realm of possible. At this point. Nice. I can understand Venom. Venom has actually had, you know, comic book series that lasted, you know? Yeah, but, you know, they was like, no, we're not really tying it to, well, we're not really tying it God. to Spider-Man, which they have, they they could do that. I don't, you know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there at this point. And I still haven't watched that movie. Um, I'm going to take these next two because they're, since they are related uh Star Wars the Bad Batch symbols in new character po- posters which came out before uh May 4th and uh you can see the character posters right here. I know somebody uh with a hunter poster somebody was like the looks like um um you for Um like one of the Lost Boys <laughs> from the movie The Lost Boys. Because you had uh I can't remember his real name right now. I think it was that Kiefer. Kiefer. I don't remember. Regardless, somebody from the Lost Boys uh, and also um the Goonies. And they kind of remind him of that because of the, the redhead band. But anyway, uh the Bad Batch brings back a Clone Wars fixture, and that is the narrator that shows up at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I did notice that. I, I like, enjoyed hearing that. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, Tom Kane. Cause I did, I like, I didn't watch the whole episode, but I did watch like the first five, the first five or so minutes just to kind of see what was going on, and I was like, oh snap, <laughs> like Tom Kane's back. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed that. I got a kick out of that. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. So yeah, there is that. Spoiler alert for that if you've not seen the first episode of uh, Badge Batch, but I mean, I, that's probably less of a spoiler because I feel like because of Clone Wars, you may or may not have come to expect that narrator to be there at this point. Who's no, but it wasn't said anyway, one way, shape, or form. So, And another episode is coming out in, in, in a couple hours from this recording. So next up. Next up, the Red Sonia
0: reboot has found its lead in Ant-Man and the Wasp star Hannah John Kamen. According to The Hollywood Reporter. What was that? And also Kill Choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, according to... Uh who according to the Hollywood <laughs> reporter John Kamen has officially joined millenn- uh,
1: millennium's is that a spell like that uh, Mo- I guess that joined that was millennium's was that I guess that well I don't know it could be a typo we know how these stories go yeah exactly
0: has joined has officially joined millennium's reboot of Red Sonia based on the fan favorite Conan the Barbarian car- character the actor is best known for playing the villainous ghost in the Ant-Man sequel, along with roles in Tomb Raider, Ready Player One, and the TV series Killjoys. Who? <laughs> Killjoys, is great. Red Son- I don't yeah, care who this is. Red Sonia will be directed by Joey Soloway, the creator and showrunner of Amazon's Transparent.
1: Okay. Hmm. Also, uh, she was apparently she had a bit part in uh, Force Awakens. Cause you kind of blinking, blinking, you miss her. I'm going to assume she escaped the the the, uh, the Death Planet, the Death Star Planet. <laughs> and I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to see Millennium. Yeah, I think that is a typo, is because I'm seeing it in another article as the correct spelling. So I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting to see a Red Sonja movie, and I believe uh, Gail, uh, Gail Simone is uh, um, uh, consulting on this movie from what I saw from her Twitter. Because when this news came out, you know and know, she's had a hand in Red Sonja in recent history. Um, right. You know, she's been consulting on it since day one. Apparently, from what I saw on her Twitter, I'm kind of hyped for this. Like, I I, I like uh Hannah, mean, uh Hannah John came in. So, like I said, Kids Rose was dope. You know, and um, you know she was pretty good as Ghost, um, who I believe will probably be coming back for the next one. I think I don't know, sure uh, if that's the case, if that's still the case or not. And we were talking about how you know her build and whatnot before the show, but like yeah yeah. It is what it is. Uh, next up though, it's you. Oh, that's me. That is me. Oh, so this goes back to um an article from a couple of weeks back where Guillermo del Toro was teasing, uh, supposedly teasing something, uh, and that was for a new Troll Hunters movie for Netflix. Gets a trailer and a release date, and the release date is July twenty one. So if you're into those Troll Hunter um, uh, series, there you go. Another one. Next. The newest movie in the hugely popular Sailor Moon
0: franchise, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Eternal, the movie, which was originally released in two parts, is now hitting Netflix on June 3rd. The movie's arrival on Netflix marks its premiere for the first time outside of Japan, where part one debuted in January. Okay.
1: And in the name of that the moon? Not, that I was going to say Sailor you. Moon is not on my list of uh, anime to catch up on. <laughs> I wouldn't expect it to be. But I, I, you know what? Look, I, I'm not even ashamed of it. I have watched me some Sailor Moon, uh, and it is definitely not made for us. <laughs> um, for for certain folks, it is definitely not made for. Us. But also, some of it's it's interesting in a soap opera kind of way, I guess. Uh, next up, though. Ada Twist Scientist series in the works at Netflix from the Obamas and Cary Grant, uh, an animated series based on the book series Ada Twist Scientist is in the work at Netflix. Uh, Shadow uh, Shadow and Actors Learned the series will be produced by Barack and Michelle Obama's Higher Ground Productions, and Chris nee, Uh Cary Grant, will be the showrunner for the series, uh, which will be developed for television by nee. Um I put this on. I posted this on my Reddit. Um and somebody said that they were a part of the focus group for this and so it's going to be they basically was giving a glowing mark remarks because they I've seen it already I'm saying like okay cool. Um if you've also seen Waffles and Mochi on Netflix that's also a pretty cute show. It's uh, fun. Yes, it is. Like, it is and Michelle's also in it which uh you know you know produced by them. It's fun.
0: and actually really educational too. Yes, I was just yes. like, "Whoa, I actually learned something today."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it totally was. Cause it was yeah, I was watching a friend of mine, and uh, we was like, oh, this is this is both cute and actually entertaining." Um, uh, mm. as, as That's what it is. So yeah, it's what highly is, edu educational. Yes, exactly. So yeah, definitely check out Waffles and Mochi if you can. Next up. Next up, oh my goodness, <laughs> The Asylum
0: has released the first trailer for its upcoming film, giant monster battle movie, Ape vs. Monster. This is the low-budget mock-buster, quote-unquote, of Godzilla vs. Kong. The movie sees an epic confrontation between a giant ape and a giant lizard monster. The Intergalactic Combat is set in Washington, D.C., and the poster for the film says it's going to be the greatest of all time, so expect- expectations are set super low. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> now, I know... Uh, I have a certain affinity with the Godzilla and and for, uh, uh, King Kong series as a whole. I know, I think there's a person in, in, the, in the audience that also... And also, one agent under 70, agent underscore 70 here, um... Who is also a big Godzilla fan? Are you going to check this out? Probably not. <laughs> and what's up, KK? You, you know, I was, you knew I was talking about you. So <laughs> I, I'm very much because these, are, those, Asylum movies can go one way or the other. Either comically bad, which is in itself can be kind of good, or just directly bad. Which one? This one's going to be? Who even knows? Next up. I um, you know. Um, oh, uh, the, 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 yeah. Um, from the Transformers corner, corner of the universe, uh, Dominic Fishback back lands lead role opposite Anthony Ramos in next installation for the Transformers franchise. Um, Dominic Fishback, who you may or may not have seen in Judas and Black Messiah, which you should have because it's a great movie, um, and she was really in it has found her next role in one of Hollywood's biggest franchises. Get that money, girl. But, man, you could do better. Anyway, uh, sources tell Deadline that Fishback is in final negotiations to go start with Anna Ramos, like I said, in Transformers movie from Paramount. Uh, E1 and Hasbro that has Stephen Caple Jr. directing. The film is, uh, I'm assuming, showing on June 24th, 2022. So, like I said. Get that money, baby girl. Do your thing. But I know you can do better. (laughs) But it's not a Bay film. As far as I know, Bay's not... So maybe they're going to rein it in a little bit. Who even knows at this point? Next.
0: All right. So the next two stories we covered in uh, our talk about The Invincible Season Mm 1. So just to reiterate, Robert Kirkman confirmed two more seasons of Invincible at Amazon. And... Uh, Robert Kirkman has a rough story plan for about five to seven animated seasons. Uh, Next up is the Suicide Squad. Margot Robbie gives Harley Quinn a new nickname. Um, Harley Quinn actor Margot Robbie has discussed how the Suicide Squad's version of the character will differ from her previous appearances in the DC Extended Universe. One of the things she said uh to James Gunn was she thinks Harley is a catalyst of chaos. Uh Margot Robbie told Total Film magazine. She's not necessarily your narrative center. And sometimes it's great when plot points can rest on other characters' shoulders. And she can be the thing that erupts a whole sequence of events. That's something uh she felt James Gunn agreed with based on what she was reading in the script. Okay. And what's the new nickname? I got to pull up the article, apparently. it was that
1: Catalyst of Chaos thing. Oh, Catalyst of Chaos. Okay. Right. Um, so basically, she's just, just an agent of chaos. For <laughs> some reason, if that's that, that being said. But also, that line about not being the focal point, the, the narrative center. Like, yeah, where was that in that Birds of Play movie? Um. Anyway. Uh, Snyder drops John Stewart Green Lantern deleted series seen from Justice League because apparently he's still fishing to get his other stuff off the ground um, you know even though they're not going that way so he, I think he's trying to Snyder cut the y'all don't fall for it people don't fall for it and we shouldn't even be talking about it but still um, the only reason why we're talking about this right now is because since fans of Jack Snyder's Justice League never saw Wayne T. Carr's Green Lantern Corps, uh, John Stewart, in action, Snyder shared a behind-the-scenes glimpse of the DC hero. Days after Wayne T. Carr uh, spoke about what it was like having his role as uh, John Stewart cut from 2021's One's Justice League, Snyder dropped a photo of Carr on set as the Green Lantern. I'm trying to get y'all, He's playing on y'all's sympathies. Don't do this. Don't fall for it. And it doesn't take as much for a Snyder cut people to fall for anything. Uh, Later, Carr posted a close-up of himself on Twitter, portraying the the Green Lantern in the aforementioned deleted scene from Justice League. Uh, Previously, Carr shared that Snyder let him know that the choice to not have Green Lantern in the 2021 film was due to the studio, not him. mm -hmm, Noting, he called me uh, after he showed it to everyone. Uh, I think it was the second time because they had watched it in parts. He was like, "They're not letting me do the thing." So worth noting, um, it's not a cut with four hours' movie. They could have added it back in there right then and there. Just saying, just saying. Yeah. The movie was already long as hell. They could have, they could have, they could have put it in there. So I don't believe it. But anyway, next up. Next up, so uh,
0: in uh, a fairly lengthy piece about um, uh, Warner Brothers' search for a Black Superman, you can actually read. I would actually recommend reading this mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood Reporter piece because it does go in depth uh, regarding the um, uh, the off screen uh, things that have to go on in order to get a movie even started, because. Um, Well, it basically starts with uh, the the story... This particular article, that is, uh, basically starts with um, Michael B. Jordan um, saying that he was flattered that people have him in that conversation and he thinks it's a compliment, but he's watching from the sidelines on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a big guessing game as to who is going to play the Man of Steel and who is going to direct. And this article goes into um, who uh, possible candidates could be, as well as some of the reasons for um, finding... Mm -hmm um uh, both an actor and director combo um to reflect um to better reflect um uh what they want to get uh, what they want to put forward in this movie as a, with a black Kal-El
1: which is apparently the direction that Ta-Nehisi Coates is taking the screenplay. And as such a um, um thing would no doubt spur on twitter there are people uh that are like why do we need why do why does this have to happen why you know there's either you know of course there's the why does it have to be a black superman there's already another black superman by the way in earth one though there's also why wouldn't they use those that you know that version of superman as opposed to making them uh uh, kal-el and then of course even from some some black folk uh were like well you know, for various reasons, like why does this need to happen? Which I, slightly shocking in certain cases, but not surprising in others.
0: I was about to say some people want to see Calvin Ellis, you know, because he's president. You know, so right. I can see. see i I've, I've heard people say that, like they want to see him because of the way the story plays out.
1: Right, but no, I've seen more people be like, no, we don't. There shouldn't probably be a black Cal L because of whatever I, dumb reasons or, or you know what and one even one person which i don't know why i'm still following that person was like how are you gonna do this on henry Campbell's birthday and there was a yeah there was like there this is basically the, the 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 uh the narrative on twitter was like reverse because they was like no superman should be white and this is from some black people and i'm like oh okay i i guess but just this... yeah it's it's weird sometimes on twitter sometimes i'm not gonna go into the, all of it but it's like it's so this whole this article kind of sparked a, a whole lot of that in the last couple of days. I'm like, that's very weird. Very strange. But next up, um, Stargirl. The CW announces season 2 premiere date, uh, which is going to be Tuesday, August 10th at 8pm Eastern Time, followed by an original episode of Lois, uh, I to say Lois and Clark, Superman and Lois at 9pm Eastern. Um... Uh, unlike season one, which saw new episodes of Star air on DC Universe before the CW, C2, season two will be exclusively on CW because DC Universe is as a shell of its own of its former glory. <laughs> they could have put it on HBO Max first, but I guess it chose not to do that. Next up, though. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Green Lantern
0: HBO Max series produced by Greg Berlanti and Warner Brothers gets its first lead, American Horror Stories Finn Wittrock. Wittrock is going to play Guy Gardner, best known to comic book fans as the brash member of the Green Lantern Corps, who infamously was punched by Batman during a Justice League meeting and knocked out with
1: one blow. One punch. One punch. So, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this Dude. I mean, based off of that one shot, I, like, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anybody they get for guy Gar- 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 Gardner was going to get immediately hated by me. Cause I can't stand guy Gar- Gardner. <laughs> so if they get somebody that can play him right and unlikable, then great, I guess. It's always so wild
0: to me that guy Gardner has been around for so long. He's the first replacement right. green lantern,
1: right. you know, mm-hmm. But before they introduced him. Sean Stewart. I don't like, understand. wow. Right. You know, but people love him because people love assholes and people are stupid. But that's just me. That is my own opinion. That's not reflective hey, of anybody else. There's Vegeta fans out there. Uh, even, uh, I, I guess, I guess. But even Vegeta, at some point, kind of halfway's takes a turn. Redeems himself. Uh, Kinda, but not really. He's still Vegeta day. so that's, that's no Vegeta's gonna Vegeta.
0: Yeah, basically sorry folks for the uh, the Dragon Ball the, the deluge of
1: Dragon Ball references now. Whatever man, we're here. It's fine. I know there are anime people who you know we've already had a conversation. They'll be fine. The flash oh wait is this you the you
0: Oh is it my turn? No I just did Green Lantern.
1: I just did Green Lantern. No, I just did the Green Lantern. No, we talked.
0: I, I brought up the Finn Wittrock
1: guy, and then you yeah, asked yeah. if I liked it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's I'm I'm, just, I'm old, folks. Um, <laughs> the Flash. Uh, the Flash synopsis teases a shocking Speed Force discovery. Um, I guess this is from a spoiler alerts, probably for the next episode. That may or may or not have already been. Um. Oh, this is Speed Force as in wait, hold on. The the episode hints at a second disponer surroundings the Speed Force, Michelle Harrison, as um Barry Allen attempts to protect her and comes face to face with Alexa Rivera, uh a wealth a health worker who has her own connection to the strength force. Oh no, they're doing all that mess. Uh meanwhile, Killer Frost, who was arrested in the previous episode, uh, is placed on trial for crimes as Caitlin Rick is racist against the clock took on. Wait, Caitlin is killer Frost. What the hell has been going on on flash that I missed anyway? Um, yeah, things have been going on, on apparently flash in this last episode or last season. So
0: next up. Alrighty, Next up. Um, the Naomi actress perfectly recreates DC comic, Uh, image in the first photo from Ava DuVernay C.W. pilot. Uh, So Roddy Cat is going to be pulling this up and scrolling Mm -hmm. down because the image is in the middle of the article. Mm -hmm. Uh, So You can see it right there. uh, What's that? I said if you're watching the video, you can see it right there. Exactly. So what you get is um, uh, a recreation of an image from the cover. Of yes. uh, uh, Naomi, I believe it's Naomi number one. Uh
1: believe yes, that is. I
0: believe that is the case. And uh, apparently, the CW has not yet ordered Naomi to a series yet. It's still in the pilot stages.
1: Hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's not a one-to-one recreation of it, but it's it's still not bad. It's still it's still pretty pretty good. I would say. Well,
0: yeah, it's a good translation. Yeah, it's a translation of it.
1: Hmm. So. Yeah, I I hope that does go to series order and we can actually see it. I still need to read that uh, miniseries. Uh, Next up, and I believe this is the last of the cinematic news. Uh, Netflix serves. Huh? I said yes. Netflix serves up an enchanting teaser for DC Comics adaptation. Sweet Tooth. Uh, Get ready because Netflix is diving horns first into the world of DC Comics. Um, okay, sure. Uh, on Thursday, the streaming giant dropped its first teaser for Sweet Tooth, an eight-part adventure series with, that aims to combine the fir- the best of the fairy tale and sci-fi genres, uh, based on the beloved comic written and drawn by Jeff Lemire, for the issues of which were produced between twenty nineteen, uh, excuse two thousand nine and twenty thirteen. Sweet Tooth takes place in a post-apocalyptic world that's full of strange and the beautiful. Uh, A.K.A. It's not Saga, but might as well be. Um, but still dangerous, natural wonders. Whether these wonders were caused by the deadly pandemic that came with them or whether they caused the pandemic is a mystery to humanity. So, th- yes, yeah, Sweet Tooth premieres on June 4th and you can see the, the teaser trailer in this article or probably on Netflix proper. Next up, we're going to transition into the comic book news really quickly. Disney has created a walking, dancing baby Groot, of which, I, as I said, uh, it is Five Nights a Groot. So, Disney Imagineers who have brought a fan favorite Guardians of the Galaxy character to life, Baby Groot, who charmed audiences with his dance at the beginning of the Spacefaring Team's sequel film. A new concept video featuring the animatronic Baby Groot shows its development from 2019 to 2021. From a pair of robotic legs to the fleshed out tree-like alien Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, fans have grown to adore walking and waving and dancing just as he does in the films and with lifelike motions. And there's there's a video you can check out on this article in the show notes if you so choose. Next...
0: Next up, Hasbro Hasbro unveils a galaxy-sized wave of Star Wars Day figures. So, um, with plenty of new action figures from the Vintage Collection and the Black Series. Uh, The wave includes figures from those series that hail from films like Return of the Jedi to shows like The Mandalorian to games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order um roddy cat is going to scroll down through this page but you will see um off-world jawas from the mandalorian utini um with uh with the walnut apparently no it's not a walnut folks it's <laughs> might as well be. it's whatever it is they get from the uh the the, the, the which one the creature right mm, i
1: believe so yeah
0: right I forget that, uh, hold on. It's a, it should say, it um, what, what it comes with. It shows it, but it doesn't oh, it. just says three accessories, okay. Yeah. Alright, next up is uh, Arc Trooper Echo. Um, then mm-hmm. three and a, three and three quarter inch, uh, scale. You also get, uh, three and three quarter inch T-bow figure. This is a, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, um, Ewok, Ewok. Mm-hmm. from Return of the Jedi. Uh, you also get uh, from the Retro Collection series, you get a Boba Fett Prototype Edition. Um, mm-hmm.
1: There is... Um, so one would call it Rainbow Boba Fett? Right. <laughs> Rainbow Boba Fett. You get uh, Black Series
0: Gaming Great 6-inch Flame Trooper figure. You also get uh, from the Black Series... Uh, six inch Knight Brother Warrior figure. So that's from, uh, I believe that's from Fallen Order. What's that? Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, is it? mm Hmm. Oh, okay. I was about to say you also see that in the in the cartoons.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, technically, Darth Maul and his brother Savage, Savage Opress are night, You know, are right? Don't
0: you probably remember probably. where they ran the? What's uh, what? They ran that little tournament. That's, that's where. Yeah, I, that's where they, they came from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Right, yeah, I didn't right. realize it was from the Fallen Order, uh, which we'll call no, no, uh, it. No no, 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 no. No, the though they yeah, Darth Marlin and his brother came from definitely came from that what you're talking about, but they just right. decided to put him put uh, put them in Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, and that's where this is
0: uh taken from. I understand. Right, right you get a Black Series Mandalorian Death Watch premium electronic helmet. That looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You get an uh, Imperial Clone Shock Trooper figure. You get a uh, Vice Admiral, Admiral Rampart figure. Who? Who? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a droid I was always curious oh, about.
1: It says Bad Batch. What's that? that? That Admiral's from the Bad Batch, apparently.
0: Oh, okay. Well, like I said. Cool. Admiral Rampart.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you get uh, from the Death Star, the droid. You get the Death Star droid figure. I was like, man, I I, rec- I totally recognize this particular droid, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we get Endor Luke in three-and-three-quarter style mm-hmm. from uh, Return of the Jedi, of course, and we get um, a three-and-three-quarter...
1: Tuscan Raider figure it's not like... no, no, it's kind of hard one to do because it sounds very like something else, but
0: exactly. I tried to make it not sound like uh yeah. something else, like
1: a yeah. Wookiee. so or that yeah, it was pretty cool. Are you getting any of these? I don't know. I would love that helmet, but um, I don't know. I haven't really yeah, d- d- done none of this stuff the... really
0: none of this stuff is really up my alley you yeah. know I'm not nearly as much of a star wars
1: collector as you might be um and you know i I have of... very few Star Wars things so. right and even I can only go so far like I got like a soka and uh you know Sabine and some rebels to uh, talk the, 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 the rebel stuff and I think yeah I don't know like echo so this that version of echo is from Clone Wars and that technically and not the bat bad Batch version which you know all right so um but still i mean Tibo. Eh. no I don't, I don't i mean that that rainbow Buffet one maybe possibly gotcha uh just for just for shits and giggles but outside of that nah, i don't know none of, none of this is probably all not right.
0: right yeah i i you know i only have a sabine and a and um the Rebels, um, the the kind of grown-up version of um, of Ahsoka mm-hmm. for, from the Black Series because I obviously focus upon Marvel Legends, as you can see over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I've already taken down my Avengers display. So, um, you know, uh, most of my uh, toy collecting budget is going towards Marvel Legends and not the Star Wars The Black Series. But, um, you know, every once in a while I look at some of this stuff, I'm like, man, this would
1: be cool if I was really into collecting it, you know? Yeah, true that. Um, oh yeah. And my, um, which doesn't make any difference anymore, but, uh, the Disney, um, the, the, um, what was that game called? Uh, the figures that came from, uh, the, um, uh, crap. There was a game, there was a game that was like a Toys Alive Life game thing that had figures for like Marvel and DC and Disney, Disney Infinity. Thank you. Right. Uh, and I got the, all of the Star Wars figures from that, which suspiciously, suspiciously missing Hera. Uh, so they had the other Rebels. They just didn't have Rebel. Uh, they didn't have Hera for some stupid reason. I'm like, that's an oversight. Um, yep. But anyway, so I got all of those. And that's pretty much what the extent of my Star Wars collection is, has been so far. In Hughes, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier Hot Toys reveals a sc- uh, scarily realistic Captain America figure. Uh, so, uh, Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson is presumably, wait, it's presumably the star of, uh, upcoming Captain America four. I think pretty much established anyway, but there's one problem. Hot Toys has clearly kidnapped Mackie and blessed him with a shrink ray. Okay. I nah. Calm down. Yeah,
0: I see where they're getting, yeah. where they're going with that writing. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the only explanation for the company's eerily lifelike new Captain America figure. Hot Toys has just unveiled the latest figure in the ongoing uh, MCU line. Featuring Sam Wilson in his new cap suit introduced in the season, season finale. Excuse me. Uh, needless to say, this 1-6 uh, scale figure looks just like the real deal cap suit. Introducing... Uh, wait. Get it. Yeah. Full stop on the real deal. And I was, for some reason, I went backwards. Uh, but you can check out the, um, the figure in this article. Now, Hot Toys is known for their, you know, for putting a lot of quality... A lot of detail in their toys, and as you can see, I'm kind of flashing through the the pictures of it right now. So yeah, definitely, and it is well known that you pay for that detail exactly. So yeah, you are definitely going to pay out the nose if you get that figure, but it is a good looking figure. So, and as a matter of fact, the figure is priced at three seventy five. It is available to pre order through Sideshow, and with a projected release window of July to September twenty twenty two. Oh wait, the captain. Wait, hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Captain America figure is three seventy five. The Winter Soldier figure is two fifty, and is also because of the wings. Yeah, it's Uh, always because of the wings. uh, The at additional cost. Right. Wait. Let me see. Let me let me me try to scroll through here and see. There's Sam, 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 Cap, Cap. Oh, they even got the uh, the. um, They put them in the the pose the superhero pose which those boots look like ant-man boots I, i've been meaning to say that ever since the thing ended but like they stole the boots from ant-man and gave it to him which i wouldn't be surprised if that's the case um okay there's a there we go there's uh the sam and bucky together with the wakanda arm yep and then there's a the uh with the soldier figure you can see shots of that i'm scrolling through if you're watching the video and you should sometimes uh, not one where AO. So there should be a figure. There should be an AO figure. And uh, hopefully the, the arm is detachable. So we can try to see him all distraught as the mm. arm falls. Anyway, next up.
0: All right, next up. Um flying captain america i love it that's the that's one of the ways we can differentiate when we say captain america um flying captain america because it's not to me it was always not fair i'm like man he's got wings he's got his own transportation
1: right <laughs> hey as a, hey, as a hey, cap fan a growing
0: up i'm just like you we all remember uh cap being unceremoniously carried sometimes yeah um Until from, from battle to battle so i'm just like oh he gets to fly. That's pretty cool. So, uh, flying Captain America is going to be part of a meet and greet opportunity for fans, according to the Disney Parks blog, which wrote If you're visiting Disney California Adventure Park in the near future, spread those wings and fly on over to Hollywood land for an updated photo op featuring Sam Wilson's new Captain America look. The post also details a new wave of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier theme merchandise, including pins, multiple figures from, from
1: Funko, and Marvel Legends. Don't pull his wings folks please don't well
0: I was about to say at this point hopefully they're better they they're much better uh
1: built than the original ones right <laughs> well, and it'd be curious to see I don't know if this is a picture of the person that they're using for this but it, no that doesn't I don't know regardless yeah somebody send some pictures if y'all go over there and check that out anyway the new Miss Marvel graphic novel is a dream come true for its creators uh, this is September, Marvel will release a new original graphic novel starring Ms. Marvel. And uh, working on the book was a dream come true for its creative team of writer Nadia Shamas and artist Nabi H. Ali. i uh, hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Titled Ms. Marvel Stretched Thin, the book will be aimed at middle school age readers and will be published by Scholastic as a part of its graphics line. So, cool. Um... September 7th is when it goes on sale. Next.
0: Next up. Um, Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boone added fuel to the recent rumors that his team is working on a Marvel fighting game. A recent tweet from Ed Boone, co-creator of the Mortal Kombat video game series, um, tweeted, Wow! At James Gunn has managed to work on DC and Marvel movies. That's impressive, Boone wrote on Twitter. He followed it with a pondering emoji leading many fans to observe the timing of the tweet, which coincided with the rumors. The potential foreshadowing continued when American fighting games player and commentator Bryant, quote, Katana Prime Benzing, responded to Boone's tweet uh, while acknowledging the tweet could be an attempt at trolling, used his response to advocate for Star-Lord as a playable character.
1: Okay. Who? Who's that? Um, the, who oh, that with regards to all these people? Yes. Yeah. Who? Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the, the, yeah, that's it is what it is. I don't know. It's like, this is pretty much going back to that uh the rumor last week from... Well, partially going back to uh like like the article's title says that um nether realm could possibly be making a uh marvel fighting game to which i've come to realize that would be all right and i think i said it then but get the people who do dragon ball fighters get them to do it that game will be dope i guarantee even agent 70 would want to play it i guarantee it which by the way okay. you, yeah I, I can't actually. I can't guarantee that, but I'm, but I'm just saying. Arc System does some good work. Next up, though, nonstop Spider-Man goes on two month hiatus. Uh, Marvel Comics freshly launched nonstop Spider-Man. Sorry, um, series. You okay, is, <laughs> that was a Nat or something. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, Marvel Comics' freshly launched nonstop Spider-Man series has some apparent problems starting up, according to this article. The next three issues of Joe Kelly, Chris Bacalo's, uh Spider-Man series has been pushed back a month each, leaving a two-month gap between the recent second issue uh, and what's to come. So I guess it is a kind of a stop, Sp- Spider-Man. No, no. Uh, let's see. The original schedule for May 12 has been pushed to June 2nd. That's for the third issue. And issue four is rescheduled for July 7th. Which five is dated for August fourth? Marvel Comics has given no reason for the change, but these kind of scheduling issues have been persistent since the series was originally announced in February 2020, according to this article. So,
0: All right. I hope it's not Bacalo or Boccalo's, uh end,
1: but it might be because it is art. You know, mm-hmm. his art is relatively intense. So, yeah, and art is usually a case in this thing, but I don't know. It could be other things. Who know? Who even knows at this point? But I figure, like, since this it was, since even they said, like, hey, they announced it February twenty twenty two, uh, you would think they would have had enough leeway or enough um, yeah, headway. The books in the can yeah, exactly. They would have had some of this already done, so maybe they had the first two a couple of issues in I don't know, but and then the rest the, it kind of doesn't make any sense. Like that's a that's a good bit of a lead to uh, to have, right? But at the same time, the down pandemic. Down. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but that's not stopping people from know. working. Yeah, we don't well, we know. know. We definitely don't. We don't know. So, so. but uh, but you know, there's so much that the pandemic
0: unfortunately had a role in delaying and or canceling. So yeah, you never know.
1: But it doesn't stop people from working. Also.
0: Oh, no, I was about to say it depends well me let me rephrase that. okay not, I was you know. about to say let's not go that far
1: no in i am saying it for in this case because most comic writers and artists work from home anyway correct but, but so it's still a pandemic,
0: and if you catch it, you're screwed
1: I agree That's- if that's the case, but I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily stop the workflow for these people, these people, those sorts of people like other people that well, have to go. I was about out. to say yes. the workflow,
0: right. Absent, right. absent, actually getting the disease.
1: Yeah. So, but that's, yeah, that's which kind is of a the big thing.
0: absence. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, which is but, the but big yeah. But that's uh, an exception.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, where are you at, folks? Anyway, next up.
0: Next up, Horizon Comics and its founders Ben and Raymond Lie have refiled a copyright infringement lawsuit against Marvel Entertainment and Disney for allegedly copying the Lie's distinctive armor or armor or four armors in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Lie Brothers had an image comic book series called Radix that ran in twi- 2001 and 2002 and featured state-of-the-art armor designs. The brothers feel that Marvel has taken advantage of their distinctive designs by using them for Iron Man and Ant-Man's armor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Good luck with that.
1: Mm, yeah, I believe this is not the first time this has come up. Or, if I'm not mistaken. No,
0: it was dismissed the first time in mm. their refiling.
1: Which is, feels, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like
0: Listen, if they feel like they, you know, like they that that they uh, that they have a claim, you know, there's nothing stopping them from refiling.
1: I mean, true, but also like their armor looks like probably a half a dozen other armors that have probably been in comic books or anime, some sort of anime to me, you know. Uh, I, I feel like, you know. I feel like it might be kind of a stretch in this case, but I am not a lawyer. I you, <laughs> we just happen to know someone that is. Um, <laughs> right. You know. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess we we'll if it if there's anything come out of it, we'll let y'all know. Um, but next up, uh, shoot, Leia the Hutt Slayer, a canceled Star Wars incontinuity story revealed by um, Gail Simone. Recently on Twitter, writer Gail Simone revealed a rather immense-sounding Star Wars comic book event that uh, almost was. Uh, One starring Princess Leia. Uh, Quote, I was here on Twitter and had gotten excited about Star Wars again. Not sure what the exact motivation was, a game or a movie, can't recall. And this image popped into my head. Princess Leia wearing her indoor commando gear on a beach, uh, coming up out of the surf with an army of Wookiees behind her. Charging like the beach at Normandy. First of all, wet wookies would not be the move. We all know this. Uh, anyway, and that was it. No plot yet, just that idea. Um so people, but yeah. So but you know, Gail Simone, love her to you know, love her. So she's kinda goes off the rail off <laughs> her Twitter kind of goes off the rail sometimes. Um But okay. that sounds like a fairly interesting premise for a story, I guess. So sure. But well, she's hunting out huts, I guess, if that's the case, because it didn't say anything about huts. Oh wait, um here we go. So I wrote a Star Wars with all the badass Leia that was promised in an Escape from the Death Star that we didn't always get to see elsewhere. She continued, it was Leia the Hut Slayer, essentially. Uh, in this story, Leia commands a group of Wookiees to free slaves. Something that always uh, wrangled me about Star Wars a bit. And in a nod to Disney's acquisition of Star Wars, it was a war story. But it follows the exact beats of an early Disney fairy tale movie, wrote Simone. She with the princess and all this fairy tale stuff keeps happening to her, and it was really action-packed and funny. So, okay. Next up.
0: Next up. So, this involves spoilers around last week's Teen Titans Academy number two. And uh, the entire article actually has spoilers about the character and the twist. Uh, that's involved in Teen Titans number two, Teen Titans Academy number two. But some of that stuff has been foreshadowed apparently in uh, previous issues of Future State mm. Suicide Squad. But ultimately, what this the gist of this article is that this character, Bolt, one of the uh, one of the characters that's been highlighted in the series, uh, uh, has a unique link to the Speed Force in that she doesn't tap into it. Um, uh, the same way people like uh, Barry and Wally do, um, but she can only take at this point short bursts uh, like lightning bolts, and that's where she gets uh, her code name from. But she's training so that she doesn't have to um, do it in that form. Uh, but the rest of this
1: article delves into the actual spoilers to the story. Right, and she's also uh, um, um, uh, differently abled. So that was the other because I meant to bring both of those points up last week when we talked about it—the fact that she can only um, tap into the sp- speed burst, speed force, and bursts, and the fact that she was differently abled. So, um, which and now the only reason why I say that because I know a friend of mine is looking for uh, characters uh, that are so. So this is another one that I can tell them about um, whether the, the, whether this character ends up being you know. Uh, being significant, we don't know because future state is what it is. I suspect one way or another.
0: I mean, you know, she's like Lieutenant Dane. She's got magic legs. Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> Which reminds me of the Honest Trailer of of um, of, um, of Forrest Gump. I just saw. Anyway, DC Omniverse has been a long time coming, says uh, Grant Morrison. DC. DC has re- redefined this universe once again with the advent of the DC Omniverse and although Grant Morrison's name isn't on the comic where it debuted it stands on the shoulders of okay this is this article saying this by the way this is not me um, uh-huh. it stands on the shoulders of giant building blocks such as 52, the Multiversity and others in which Morrison and others set up principles that would later be codified into this new iteration of the DCU uh, when asked about the DC Universe uh, now being the linchpin of the entire DCU, Marston says they are "quote unquote" all for it. Um, and it says it's been a long process that began for them, at least, when the writer themselves uh, surprisingly appeared in the in their own comic book, meeting their own lead character face to face in 1990s Animal Man twenty six. Not sure what that has to do with that, but okay, sure. That sort of started with uh, Animal Man back in the day. I've been chipping away at that rock for a long time, and I finally got to do it in a limited manner with the 52 series, Morrison tells Nidorama. Okay, sure. But the aim was also to recreate the Infinite Multiverse, which has now become the Omniverse, the writer Laughs, uh, because it eats up everything else. So, there you go, folks. You can thank Grant Morrison for that, I guess, and others. Next Next up, so
0: remember in 2020, Warner Brothers and DC, uh, as a result of um, all of the comic book convention cancellations, uh, they put together an answer uh, to San Diego Comic-Con Hall H panels called DC Fandom, and it is now returning for a second go-around on October 16th, 2021. So, in 2020, the event featured mostly pre-recorded videos that were released in a series of drops that fans could stream featuring actors and directors from film and TV and comic book creators talking about upcoming projects. So, DC is promising more details about October's Fandome sequel soon. Until then, it has released a short promotional video.
1: okay oh, and yeah it's uh you can see it's the the, the twitter account is and that tweet and the video is uh, attached to the article which you can find in the show notes and there you go last but not least jim lee tom king and more eulogized the late john paul leon um john paul leon passed away four five days ago uh as of this uh recording uh, at the way too early age, according to this article of 49, uh, one of the greatest artists of our generation, he was also one of the nicest, I guess this is a quote uh, from from Jim Lee. Uh, he was also one of the nicest and most talented creators one could be lucky enough to have met. So young and still creating the very best work of his career, Lee, who is the publishing and chief creative artist of DC Comics, wrote on Twitter. Um I remain in awe of both his unrivaled draftsmanship and his stellar design work both of which were simply unparalleled and technically just so precise and perfect but what really made me a fan of how he uh of how he still squeezes in every bit of emotion and life in every image that he created so Lee shared some of his creative uh, some of his favorite artwork by Leon including Future State Dr. Detective Batman Creature of the Night The Winterman and DMZ
0: Right. John Paul Leon also worked on Marvel projects, include, especially including Earth X. That's where I was uh, exposed to his artwork. Um, I also, in reading up on uh, what happened to him, learned that he had been battling cancer for over a decade. Oh, wow. So it was not right. This was not uh, a new thing. He had been uh, battling it for over a decade, and uh, he'd been managing it and uh, dealing with it for, for, for that long. Um My understanding is that a GoFundMe has been established to help pay for his, uh, I believe it's his daughter's education who's about ready to go to college. Uh, I also read that, uh, I also found out that he was a student at uh, the School of Visual Arts here in New York City and was a student of Walt Simonson when he was teaching there. And uh, Walt uh, posted uh, in on his social media about their relationship going back a long way, and uh, you know it was it was pretty tough to read because the guy's not that much older than both myself and Roddy
1: Cat. Correct. So yeah, proof proof that out. Uh, yeah, you never you never can tell how things when, how things going to end up for you. Um, apparently you also did Sheriff of Babylon, I guess, according to which I know uh, dirt. I that was- right, I read that too. Yeah, you also read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh but yeah, you can see uh some of the uh, tweets uh on this article, then you've already seen some in the video already. So, um yeah, so um, condolences goes out to his family. Um to John probably fam- uh, family. That uh being the case, we have come to the end of another uh Come Chronicles. We have an ad read. To close us out.
0: Our last ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torronte. Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the comic book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink winds through CSPN.
1: Do it today. And as we end uh, another exciting episode of The Comic Con, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming out. Um we will be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, of course. Uh I will be I am well I am well I will be. I hope I will still be, and I am already still Righty Cat, which you can find at on Twitter at RightyCat and News uh News on Twitter and CB Caps on Instagram. Eighty underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram pcn underscore, twit- uh, yes, PC underscore dirt on twitter yes, pcn underscore dirt on twitter, popquetsonet on twitter com and all the umbrella sites they're in, also maybe still bite under comic book resources, uh, no vowels that's a mystery that may or may not ever be solved folks <laughs> um tim d-o-g-g-9-8 on twitter the osiris that is this ish uh, also you can find him at the click nation on Twitter. That's all one word, but also CB Cron, which is the comic book Chronicles, um, uh, Twitter account. You can say, you know, say, Hey, we'll, we'll see it. You know, same questions, comments, thousand dollars a piece. Don't do that. Um, however, if you want to sponsor the show, no, stop. Uh, all of that, but you can also find Tim at comic book uh, reviews <laughs> um, where he's over there writing his face off. Comic book resources. Resources, Re- excuse me. Yes, face yes. off. It's, it's late, folks. It is quite late, and I'm tired. I don't know why, because I've just been up for like three or four hours. Um, you can find this here show on the, the Coast of the Podcast Network That's cspn.us Do it today. Um, You can also find this show on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. It's also hot in here. Um, But uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. And of course, you can join us every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. on either uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation. Or, as uh, some people have done, Twitch.tv slash Common Book Chronicles. We thank uh, folks for being in the audience, whether you spoke or not. Uh, We appreciate you for being here. And with that, folks, we still don't have any more marvel stuff for for a while, so we're pretty much back to normal and shouldn't be as long as this half <laughs>
0: right last you know months. invincible is over,
1: mm-hmm, so we've
0: got a little bit of a lull before uh we start to ramp it up again, so uh you know hopefully
1: we won't be going too long for a little while exactly, um you know, try to keep these little as concise as possible, but you know sometimes things gotta get talked about, and with that folks. Uh, this has been the combo Chronicles. Peace. One.
2: My time is up. Peace one. <laughs>